And um, so I went through two Rode uh, mics. One was a USB, and this this sure per- performed so much better. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm learning Audition, Adobe Audition, in this podcasting one class. It's primarily audio focused. Um, there are some professional podcasters in my class, and um, our instructor is a professional podcaster. And, what constitutes uh, it, a professional podcaster? They, these guys earn big bucks, apparently. <laughs> I don't know any of their podcasts, and we had a VTuber in today, which, are you familiar with VTubing? Mm-mm. What's that yeah, mean? Like it is video, a virtual, YouTube or something? Virtual. Oh, this virtual. This is a virtual individual who has a virtual uh, avatar okay. that um, animates him or her um, on TikTok or whatever, and they do their podcast like that. And that was completely fascinating, learning about this um, technology. And so, uh, yeah, this is good stuff, man. I'm really like, because I I'm, I still don't know if I want to do a podcast. If I do one, like I mentioned uh, in the message to you, it would be something no one else is doing. And, yeah. you know, we talked about this being maybe two options. One would be an extreme to one side, which would be totally art, experimental-based, um, un, an unnamed podcast. Um, it would, some of the students were saying, oh, it's like a, um, it's like a hunt, uh, some sort of, you know, challenge to try and find it and listen to it. And, and yeah, it would be, Un- completely unknown, no way to comment, um, and it might be something that's a few seconds long. It might be something that's five minutes long or whatever. It might not have any sound in it whatsoever, and you have to listen through to an hour before you get sound. You know, totally experimental. Um, the least, the least amount of listeners, the better. <laughs> well, so, you're off to a, the, uh, <laughs> you're off to a great start. You have none. Why go from there? Exactly. I mean, if, you, if you're setting the bar that it, it low, could be, it could be something that's put up there, and t- it takes years for even one person to find it and actually listen to it. <laughs> you know, just totally uh, an art project, just something Ooh. really out there. Yeah, that's um, out there. A pod- and, an audio yeah, podcast so, uh, with no sound for people to not- No viewers, actively, no listeners. We want no viewers. We want no feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, we played around, and then I thought kind of a thought of an idea, just some, some, some something normal, just maybe a home theater history podcast, because I don't think anyone has done that yet. Like, just completely focused on the history of home theater, Probably all the way back to, you know, silent film. I'm sure people had maybe some sort of projection system in their home and they would project silent films. Mm-hmm. And w- I know it went up to 8 millimeter, 16 millimeter. Because I remember my dad in the 70s, he would have a 
some, it was like a 16 millimeter projector and they would project, he would project stuff in the living room. And I had to stay mm -hmm. in, in with the babysitter in the in the, in the bedrooms, in the hallway while my parents had friends over and I wasn't even allowed to eat with them. I just had, they, they watched this stuff in the living room that set up all this stuff. It was yeah. probably rental equipment. And I remember one of the films being Rosemary's baby. They had on some sort of projected mm -hmm. system. And I remember them later watching, cause it was always, you know, stuff I was not allowed to watch. Right. And, um, so I just re vaguely remember that. I need to ask my mom about those days. So I, you know, and I, you know, you know people, you know, in, in MASH, they would watch these films on, on projection, like some sort of projector in, in, the, in the camps and in those tents they had in MASH. Yeah. So, you know, just sort of going back all the way to when some of the first kind of home cinemas were put together all the way up to modern today. So that would that seems kind of appealing to me. So, yeah, I mean, I, my grandfather used to. I mean, he had the you know the little mini reel to reel for home movies and stuff going mm -hmm. all the way back fifties, sixties, and that's what we used to. It was a treat when you went over there and you'd set up the you know the little projector and you'd watch these uh -huh. home movies and it was like people moving fast. You know, way out of time, right? <laughs> and, but yeah, but to get like, like you said, like get a Rosemary's baby, that, that would be pretty cool. Like, I don't know how you yeah, would get that was, back then. I, I don't know. I have no idea how they did this stuff. I guess my parents had some sort of weird connection or if it was bootleg, no idea. But I just remember being banned and I remember, <laughs> um, and later they would go over to friends' houses. And I remember because one of the films was The Shining. I remember they were watching that at a friend's house and we had to stay in the back with the babysitter and mm. everything um, when that came out. Um, but yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about. Uh, I was just, you know, reminiscing uh, about some audio in the 80s. Um, when Todd Anderson posted something on Klipsch, Klipsch horn speakers or Klipsch, mm -hmm. the company, uh, that was, uh, that really brought back a lot of memories, but yeah, but anyway, but yeah, the podcast class is, it's fascinating. It's really, really cool. I'd never thought I would be into this, but there are other team members that took this class and a couple of friends that convinced me as well. And the next, the next course is video based and that's in the fall. And okay. then the third class is production, com only production, how to be a producer. And, hmm. uh, and that'll be in the spring. There's n there are no classes over the summer. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to take all three. I think this, this Good. is really cool. So yeah. That'll be times. fun. Yeah. I yeah. just dove in just, yeah. And you'll learn as you go. So uh -huh. that's, you know. Uh, you'll probably by the end of it, you'll probably know more than I do because you'll know <laughs> you'll know tricks that I haven't found, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Well, but. Yeah, who knows? And I don't, you know, I still don't know if I'll actually do a podcast. I have to produce one ten minute one, um, sometime and, in the middle of the semester, and then at the end of the semester. In what audacity? I'm sorry. You're producing it in audacity, putting um, it on like. 
Um, I don't, I don't know. Let's see. Audition is our, our application. Adobe Audition? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's what we're learning. So that's the, that's the, I always use Camtasia here at work. Oh, okay. So um, all of my experiences with Camtasia and I'm very limited on what I can do with video. I'm sorry, with audio. Um, I have a clicking in my jaw that comes, uh, shows up on some of my recordings and really? um, I've learned, I've learned to kind of move my mouth in certain ways where it doesn't show up. Um, but I, I, with audition, I can physically, apparently I could physically mm -hmm. remove it. Without any compression and that sort of thing, so man, I'm so excited about using this application and and uh, you can and use noise suppressors too. You can look okay. into an, a filter for a noise suppressor, and what that'll do is it'll find anything. It'll take out anything below your voice, like what we're doing right now, like right in the background there. <clears throat> I just found this thing recently and I'm recording an OBS right now and I have a noise suppressor in the background. I used to run a noise gate and what a noise gate does is anything below, say you, you pick like minus, you know, negative 30 decibels, right? Anything below that, it will just like chop it right off. Nothing comes in and it's great for any kind of background noises when you're not talking, but if something okay. is say at 34, or something, something is at like 30 right around there and it's being cut off. As soon as you start talking, you'll hear it in behind my voice. But a noise suppressor okay. will actually just suppress anything down in that range below that level, regardless if I'm talking or not. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like even if I'm talking right now, obviously I'm talking above the 30. So everything else below it, it's taking out. Um, and I've been trying that for the last couple few podcasts and i just had my furnace running it's literally right on the other side of the screen where i am right now and mm -hmm. it it usually doesn't show up it's been pretty cool um the okay. one caveat is sometimes they said it can alter your voice a little bit but i haven't okay. i haven't found that yet i haven't and okay. you know i love experimenting with this stuff and i'm mm -hmm. still learning how to manipulate everything in the podcast as well like even just for the first couple of years, I I liked everybody to have their own track so that I can get everybody's voice right. But now with uh, John and Steve on the show together, they're both on one track because I can't, I, when we're streaming, I can't have them each have an individual track the way we do it. So I have to actually balance that out. Like if one, one of the guys is louder than the other, I have to bring one down and another one up. So I'm learning about compression and everything like that. So, and it's been working okay. out. I mean the end of the day it's like we're just three guys having fun you know so it doesn't really matter that much but i do like learning about it so yeah and we you mentioned audition that is mm -hmm. the distribution platform correct what do you I'm mean i'm sorry uh, uh, not audacity? audition audacity. audacity that's the distribution no. right no audacity is another um recordings it's a free software for recording okay. and it's a, okay. it's an audio uh software oh, okay so yeah, you could look at it. It's free. A lot of a lot of podcasters okay. use that one to start ah. um, because it's and then if they want to get into something a little more sophisticated, uh Adobe Audition is okay. the next level. And I I did that. I did uh Odyssey um first, then I went to Adi Adobe. And then eventually when I went to video, I I do everything in Adobe Premiere now, which 
you once you have a I can actually back out of like I can click on an audio file and say edit in an audition and it'll just mm-hmm. go right to audition edit it and then re-import it right back in because they're both the door it's pretty cool okay. but it's the learning curve on them is so difficult that it's I mean it's literally yeah. taken me four years <laughs> to get to where I am now which well, you'll have yeah. in like a few months but I've been doing it just for fun as extra, you know, doing what we're doing. And I think of where John and I were and how I used to edit everything. And I used to spend seven, eight hours editing a podcast. And now I'm like, eh, I get it done like a half hour. Yeah. It makes a big difference. So <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I think we do the premiere uh, and the video semester. That's so, good. It's powerful stuff. Yeah. Adobe's good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good times. So, um, did you watch the, uh, um, Grammys last night? No. Do you watch awards? No. Okay. I don't get yeah, it. We watched it. Yeah. We watch, we watch every awards, awards program out there. Yeah. And it was, that was one of the better in, in um, a few decades, I thought, you know, really? because they had this 50th anniversary hip hop, you know, going back all the way to the seventies mm-hmm. and, you know, they brought, they brought all the all the classic artists back on one stage and that was very surreal i was like wow run dmc nwa um just man it was it was just endless and i was like wow this is so cool and it was fun elizabeth really loves uh um that classic stuff and beyonce as well and and beyonce won quite a few apparently so uh yeah it was good times, and we're watching the BAFTA Awards. Um, I'm gonna oh, yeah. subscribe to. I am gonna subscribe to Brit Box just for this month. I think it's in a couple of weeks. Oh, cool. So we want to watch the BAFTA, and, and uh, I just subscribe for a month and then drop it because that's the only way to watch that awards program. And it's yeah. the one night I don't have to cook. I don't want to have to cook anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we actually went out for pizza. I didn't do pizza at the house, and we went out for pizza and got got that to go. So for nice. last night's awards, yeah, I used yeah, to watch good. the Oscars all the time. Okay, and I haven't done that. I haven't even done that in years. I used to, um, I used to make a big deal out of it. I always mm-hmm. loved paying attention to like the you know best sound mix mm-hmm. stuff like that, yeah. and I still mm-hmm. pay attention. Yeah. But yeah. to actually sit down and watch the award shows anymore, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Because yeah. I, I get... really enjoy it because okay. I want to stay up with everything. I want to keep up with everything. You know, like the Grammys, it's all about the best-selling album at the end of the day. These are just yeah. top sales. It's not necessarily the best pop album, et cetera, et cetera. Right. It's what the big sales were, and this is what the masses love. Yeah, And I love that. I want to keep up with that as well. I want to keep up with very mainstream music, even though primarily I listen to a lot of experimental, a lot of noise, punk, and just mm. old stuff and new stuff, and ambient and classical and classic jazz. But I want to keep up with the extreme pop just as much as any other genre. I just love, I mean, I'm 55 years old, and I just want to stay. Stay up with the hip, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Good <laughs> know luck what with the that. hell they're talking about. Because you know, I'm I work with very young people every day. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. here at the college, and uh, and that's a beautiful thing, and that's the wonderful thing about being in a class every semester, which I haven't been very good at doing. 
but I get to speak to young people and what's going on. And all these kids are 20 in their twenties mm. in my class. I'm the you know oldest person, even though for some reason they all thought I was in my late thirties and early forties when I walked in there. Like, whoa, you're 55. You've retired from the air force. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it keeps me feeling you know, young, you know, it just keeps me up to date with things as well. And, you know, that's why I watch all the awards. It's, it's important to, it's like I was watching the Grammys and I like all these artists. And I was like, Oh, I hear that on Peloton all the day, all the, all the time. Wow. I've got a face to a name of this track. That <laughs> just one best dance or whatever. They play this freaking thing on Peloton all the time. And now I know who the hell this artist is. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's like there's so much gym rock. It's like Elizabeth and I were talking about gym rock. You know, hey, Th that's yeah, a we walk. It's the stuff you walk in the gym and right. you hear in the gym, and that's the only time you hear it, unless you are on turning on the radio for some insane reason. Why do you turn on the radio? <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I hear the stuff in the gym, and that's it. It's like, oh yeah, this is because that's kind of at the end of the day, ninety first. 80 90 percent of the grammys is gem rock <laughs> you just funny. hear this stuff did in they mass. call that a category or did no you just say it's just that? my like, made up pretty, category i know but that's actually a pretty good category that would yeah, be funny just, like, at the end of the rock. day you know yeah yeah it's like what you hear at the gym oh yeah oh they won this year well finally that's yeah nice. <laughs> gyms everywhere i'll be playing this tune yeah you walk into target and you just hear this artist you don't know who the hell it is but you finally got a face to a name there That's watching funny. these awards. I haven't been in a gym in years, years. I, mm -hmm. it's funny. I have a gym in my house, small gym in my house because yeah, we do too. I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to deal with yeah. the people. And it was probably like three, three years. It was before. Yeah. It was probably like three or four years ago. And obviously it was before the pandemic and I walked into a gym to join it. And it's a like 24 hour place and it's still there. Mm -hmm. And you, you suppose you just walk in and um, if you have a membership, you just pass the car. There's like no, no front desk or anything. It's just a building. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, this sounds like a pretty good idea. Cause I'm up early in the morning. I could shoot down there. So I walked in and I took a tour, like just literally walked around the place. And uh, I was like, oh, that's it. I'm out. I'm done. Just I'm looking at people. I saw one guy waiting for a set for something. And then there were people mm -hmm. doing all these things. And I'm looking at the free weights and looking at the machines. And I'm like, what am I doing here? I don't want, I'm out. I never went back. I was like, that's it. Uh, I did. It that. Was, you, you were in there the meat market hour, I guess. No, no, it was, that's okay. the point. It was early morning and there weren't many okay. people in there. There were maybe five oh, wow. people in there. And I was like, no, I'm done. What am I? I can do okay. all this at home. I don't need it. Okay. And it's like, I'm like, yeah. I've, I've built the theater. I've built the gym. I don't need to leave my house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, I don't like yeah. people. So I stay home and I start a podcast where I invite people to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy, we enjoy the Peloton at home and the free weights and everything. But Gregory gym is only like a 10 minute walk for us. So Elizabeth goes down there to, um, swim. You know, yeah, huge swimming center at UT, <laughs> massive mm. swimming center. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I enjoy going out there on occasion. I'm, and I'm doing it now that the pandemic has, is eased. And there are people 
you know, old professors, retired professors who I want to see in there, mm. you know, haven't seen in three years. I actually need to call one professor who's now retired um, that uh, it's like, yeah, it's, I've been going back. It'd be great to see you or get together for lunch or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, and, and we're only doing, I guess it's 10 minute, you know, it's 10, five, yeah. five minute drive for us. I don't think we would drive 15 minutes to a gym, but yeah. 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 But uh anyway, yeah, Grammys was fun. Uh I haven't seen very many other films. Uh, just so much going on. But hey, how is your project coming along? Your your home, you are meet you met with your architect. Yep. Is um are you both your uh you both you guys having some good conversations with that? Oh yeah. Yeah, we're we're pretty much done. I just talked to him again today. He was ready to go to print for our our plans, and I told him just to hold off because I got to wait to hear back from the septic, uh, from the engineer about the design of the the lay of the land, basically where this house okay. is going to be situated. And he's yeah. like, because I I'm, I'm I want to walk out basement, but mm-hmm. uh, depending on how they position the house on the property is going to be do I is my walkout section towards the back of the house? Is it towards mm-hmm. the side of the house? And I just was trying not to create more work for him because then you have to redesign, mm-hmm. you know, the foundation plans and everything. So basically everything is done as far as designing the house, um, designing the, the main floor of the house. Um, that's, that's all done. It's a single okay. floor ranch, uh, in-law apartment attached mm-hmm two-car garage and then a giant basement that i just get to go to town in okay are they gonna <laughs> did no soil soil samples no boring no that's uh, all done by the engineering that's what we have okay. going on with by somebody else so okay um but all of structural the structural engineers taking care of that yeah i had yeah the okay, civ- cool. my civil engineers are doing all okay, of that cool. and um so that'll be uh I'm, I'm hoping i was hoping to have a workable you know a rough plan last week but they're saying this week now um and if that's hopefully done in the next week or so two weeks we can present it to the town when we get that finished but that should be they've already been out there they've done their tests they've done everything now they just have to actually design how we're going to lay it out and mm-hmm. stuff for, yeah our so structural engineer is looking at our drawings now um, since we finalized those finally, uh, the city approved. And uh, so we'll be getting that bill in a couple of weeks and then hopefully breaking ground in June. That's what I'm shooting we'll for. See. I'm yeah. shooting for if I if I'm, you know, if I'm breaking ground May or June, I'm on schedule mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So we're two years behind schedule. I was just going to say, I'm like, like, you and I got a race going here now. Who's going to get their theater first? Yeah. So, yeah. I I have to make sure, I I guess, any uh, updated drawing I see of yours, I'm going to have to make a mental note. We got to up on ours here. Why? (laughs) Why? You've put in so much time into yours already. What are you going to do? What do you need to do? Yeah, ours is just going to be a black box and a big white I screen, and that's it. Exactly. Yeah, you. Oh, it's, go ahead. 
And it's just, I was, I was infuriated again recently by uh, watching a, another. I, I just need to stop doing this. I need to stop watching YouTube videos on home theaters. No kidding. Because it just, it just, <laughs> I, I, I just, it was almost like that situation that I walked in and that uh, estate sale, you know, this, you know, very high end seven figure home theater and it was sad anyway because the guy had passed away mm. and uh and yeah i was just like you know just i because it was a and you've seen it probably this million dollar home theater that's advertised on youtube that just yeah. dropped yeah yeah youth man did it did a piece on it okay yeah yeah and it just just it was like this monstrosity McMansion, and it just like arts, and it's just like I was l walking, you know, just visually walking through it, and it was like, wow, our society is just doomed. It's like why, like from, why, from why does any why no, just the whole the whole concept, like these huge, huge homes that are hmm. just environmental disasters, and just like wow, it's just like. You know, we're doomed, you know, it's just like, and it, it, it's like, why would you need 23,000 square feet or whatever the size of this massive structure? And, and, and it's just like, and, and it, it was, it was really sad seeing all the comments. It's like, I want this, my God, if I had the money, I'd build the same thing. And it's like, yeah, we're doomed. Yeah. It's just like, wow. It's just like. I just, I just see make, that's a just, funny way of looking at it. You're saying that for people to aspire to something, we're doomed. No, just, but yes, the inspiration need, is what makes you drive it, what drives you forward. Why would, why would anyone, why would any single family need 23,000 square foot structure to live in, you know, with a yard? So why are you drawing like, the line there? What about it's just, your, that's just one thing? Why does anybody know? need a home theater? Why does anybody need exactly. anything we have? Exactly. Right? Exactly. And exactly. Because, it's just because I'm tormented. Yeah, but because you <laughs> but because you can't get to the twenty three thousand square feet, you're drawing the no, line no. at what you have. But it's like if you it's got like, past it's that, like, you're like, it's that's like too much. Elon, it kind of reminded me, and I'm not defending Elon because, you know, he's he's definitely out there as well, but it's like when he he lived in like a um a pre-designed uh like uh, prefabricated yeah prefabricated mm -hmm. home okay. yeah the richest man of the world because you know he does agree that you know we it's just not necessary to live in these massive structures you know that that we're creating and and i you know elizabeth e and i will will drive down and we'll see these huge modern um, neighborhoods, you know, and, and all the homes look the same. They all look like pop and fresh homes. Yeah. Um, uh, exactly the same, no style or style costs um, money. Un yeah. Unique. And it's just sad. It's just kind of sad. It looks like military housing, you know, and mm -hmm. this, this stuff is endless on the freeway and it's just like, man, mm. it so just depresses me. So what, like, what? So the person the that puts time, up these, something that's a big and original, you don't like that, but you don't want cookie cutter, which is cheap and affordable for everybody. 
Hey, but it, yeah, it's at the same time. These are, these are you can't have both. <laughs> exactly. It's it's you know it's people's homes. You know people yeah. are living in there, but it just makes me sad. It just it's <laughs> like there should be something better that's not expensive, that's affordable, but has a unique style and look to it, but can be produced on a massive on a mass level. <laughs> you just contradicting you know, yourself. <laughs> but I want it to be unique, but produced on a mass level. <laughs> exactly, but it's you stylish. How do you do that? <laughs> well, you it's 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 difficult because if it was no easy, cannon. we it's would impossible. be doing that. If you but, made it yeah, on it a just... mass level, it'd be like, hey, look at that—the iPhone, the most unique phone ever. Wow, everybody has one. Well, they're not unique anymore, but yeah, they're produced but, on a mass level. It's we like, don't. We're not lit. Yeah, but it's just. <laughs> It doesn't have to be, you know, these structures don't have to just look so sad and, and just cookie cutter. Have you like ever that. built you a structure? To... Do you know no, how I hard? Know. <laughs> no, I know. And that's, but uh, like, so any corner. But we've done it before. Who's, you know, me? we've done it before. When you look at uh, the homes in the twenties, when you look, when you drive down, you know, uh, middle America and you see homes that were built in the teens and twenties and even thirties, they all have a unique style to them. And those homes yeah, weren't all ex- <laughs> Yeah, but they're but they weren't old at the time, DJ. No. That you know, they all were, you know, they all had their own little beauty to them. You know, we live in a home that's nineteen twenty two and there's a home next to us that's twenty four. Mm-hmm. And it's it's they all kind of have it and they're small. I mean, our not our home is nine hundred sixty eight square feet. And the you know, and it's built, you know, there you go three houses down and you've got a large home, you mm-hmm. know, and then you've got another medium sized home. And then the next home might be a small home. You just don't see that in, in, in neighborhoods that are built anymore. They, they all look the same and they're all the same size and there's no excitement or uniqueness. Why, why can't we kind of do something? Uh, why can't we rem- remember our history and architecture a little bit and kind of make it a little bit more unique because it seems like all the modern homes, it doesn't, when I look at a lot of these homes that are called, what is it called? It's a design build in, in Austin that are downtown Mm -hmm. and they just don't look like they're going to last very long. Um, It's kind of, were they going to blow away? What do you mean? They're not going to last very long. They they just don't look like they're going to age. Well, do you kind of, you know, you look at the materials, built uh used to build these homes dj and you look at it just like it looks nice but it just doesn't look like it will age well it looks like the material is well, just gonna kind of decay and no um no and i can't imagine of, that because just off of what you've been going through on your you know addition right every th- all the hoops you've had to jump through with the town mm-hmm. right do you think anybody is going to allow the, the codes that towns have now? It's, you know, and they, they vary from town to town and state mm-hmm. to state, but they're all one common thing is the stuff built now it, to code. If you're building it to code, which you know a lot about right mm-hmm. now, the stuff's going to last a long time. Yeah. And the materials hope, they're hope, producing yeah. now last longer than those materials they did back then. A lot of those old houses that you're talking about, the reason they're still standing is because they've been refurbished. 
the you if you go into those old houses, the inside walls on those things, they were like they were horrible. I lived in one for years. They were mm-hmm. horrible. The plaster wall, the horsehair plaster that was in those, yeah, very limited on insulation, very wasteful yeah. as far as resources goes to keep mm-hmm. those things warm and cold or cooler mm-hmm. in the summer. Um, the stuff we have now, just my house, just going from here to my new house 20 years just 20 year difference and how much more efficient a home is now than it was 20 years ago never mind back then so i mean you're talking a lot about aesthetics and aesthetics i agree Mm -hmm. with you but aesthetics cost money and we know that in home theater it's like the more you know the more expensive there's only so much you can do with a speaker but then you want to start to get into some really expensive speakers. You're also paying for the look of it, the aesthetics of mm-hmm. it. You know, the performance doesn't really jump substantially after a certain price point, but you're paying for the wood, the structure, the way it looks, the sheen on it, the, you know, mm-hmm. the whatever, but it's all about the looks of it. And the same with a house. And it's like the reason they're cookie cutter when you drive down the street is because it's cheaper. It's faster they can put them up faster the the faster you can put a house up the the cheaper it is because you can turn that thing over you you're not paying for a lot of labor you look at a house with a lot of corners on it a lot of bump outs all these things that make it unique and that takes time it's it costs money for architecturally engineering purposes then the building purposes all those things go up because that's what it costs, you know, I mean, it just costs a lot to do it. And it, it's great. And here you get into that. And like you said about a 23,000 square foot home, the reason they have to be that big is it has to justify the cost of being that big, like that expensive. You're like, oh, I'm going to make this and this and this. It's crazy. And it's like to, to build a really big, tiny home, it's almost not big. I mean, artsy tiny home and what i meant by big is expensive small home it it doesn't really retain any kind of value because artistically good looking to one person isn't to another so you could build this really small home that's really great looking but you might have a hard time selling it because nobody else wants a you know yeah it's a, location a at the end of the day right. it's always location 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 so yeah 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 Man, so. yeah, it's 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 uh, it's been an exercise, DJ. It's just it's remarkable, and you know, it, and I, I was reminded, you know, that that's it is one of the most stressful uh, can be experiencing going through a remodel or a home purchase can be hmm. one of the most stressful things on a marriage you can imagine, and we have to really be mindful of that. Oh yeah, um, Elizabeth is very particular. She, you know, she's very, you know. She's very selective on everything um, in that home, <laughs> and uh, you know, and I'm and I'm so grateful because I've learned so much from her and just from architecture in general because her love of architecture, and uh, and we've got we've a lot of what is going into this structure at, at the end of the day is inspired by a lot of our travels together around the world and i would say primarily scandinavia you know just how they build homes how people live in iceland and other parts of um of europe and uh my history living in england for so long how people live so much with so much 
less and do so much more with less um is 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 really inspiring and uh and yeah it's just exciting just just seeing this develop and find what you got oh two of the pieces of material this is cork yeah this is what's going to be on this this is the outside of the structure so the outside of the extension will annex will be cork the outside sure that, like that's what you're doing on mm -hmm. the outside of the house yeah this is the material on the outside of the annex cork. so isn't cork very porous and very like it, it like uh uh, it, it's it's got to have something else to it because it's very it's a very yeah. absorbent wood too. Yeah. So in well, the I rain, mean, what's gonna uh, your house gonna yeah. blow up like a sponge? <laughs> no, well, it, it apparently not. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. and those are I've got some other questions. I've got questions about hail and. Uh, and well, other hail. I would say cork would be great because it'll dampen mm -hmm. the sound of the hail hitting yeah. the side of it, but mm -hmm. a cork. Well, that, remember in wine bottles, it you know it doesn't expand. Um, and it seals in wine and, and other liquids. That's exactly so. what it does do is it expands so that it seals it in. That's the purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> like, apparently, you know, this is, um, that's our, why you get builder, that pop. <laughs> yeah. The builder is using this and I don't know if this is treated in any special way, but it's, um, I've got questions about it, but when our next, our next conversation, so that's, that's interesting. So there. you sure no yeah. siding goes over that, and they're not using nope. like an insulation. No, nope. and this was mm. another piece of uh, material that we were pondering uh, for the siding of the house, but uh, we've gone with the cork, and this is just an eco-friendly uh, by modern mill, and it's um, yeah, it doesn't need painting or anything. So okay, interesting. Um, material as well but um yeah so it's exciting just to see and uh the roofing is um is pretty interesting as well um i believe uh, because we have you know that bend you know in the roof that you yep. see because we've got tel uh, electrical lines they had to create that bend um i believe they will be bending that i don't think it's actually two pieces i think the roof will actually physically be bent Okay. There and that slope, so that'll be really. Interesting. Yeah. Um, our next meeting with uh, with the builder will be about that material, um, and uh, yeah, that was an interesting email that um, uh, Rob and Tom had about um, the screen. It's not a concern as far as filling up that screen completely. Um, they do, they, they're doing it in the Blanton without, without error. It is just right on. And, uh, that is not, uh, a soft velvet material behind the screen. It's paint. That is black paint on that wall where that screen is. And it's black paint on the roof. Okay. And, and I'm like, holy crap. It's like zero reflection. I don't know what, why they're getting reflection off the the walls, the two walls on the sides, and zero reflection, any reflection off, um, you know, the back wall or the ceiling. But um, they sent me the the paint that they're using, 
but we're going to still go with the velvet sort of material, these panels. Um, and I believe the panels will be floor to ceiling. Oh, that's wow. What Joe, that's what Joe has told me at Origin Hi-Fi. Um, I just, Elizabeth doesn't want seams. So we want it to be seamless. Seamless um, as far as what? The whole wall? Yeah, the whole wall. I don't know how this is going to, I don't know how this is going to happen. So we'll see. Wow. How yeah, do you maybe, put, so you get, you got to get, how big are your walls? I know the room's not huge, but the, to have a seamless piece that of room? velvet. Isn't it uh, like, seven feet, 17 feet long, I think? Something like that, you said, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> your guess is as good as mine, but that's what she prefers. Seamless. <laughs> we were, yeah. Seamless velvet walls. Wow. Yeah, black. So. Yeah. We'll so see, you're not even you know. painting it. You're just going with a piece of cloth. I don't think so. I, I would prefer not to paint. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know what the acoustic acousticians will prefer. Because I don't think the whole room can be soft. I think you need to have the hard surfaces in certain areas. In the back, maybe. For or, what? Um, reflection sound. You don't want a completely dead room. Why not? Um, it would just, it would be like a, a, a soundproof, uh, mm -hmm. chamber. It would be uncomfortable to be, <laughs> and yeah, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be very pleasant to be in if it was completely absorbent of, of all sound. You want a little bit of, uh, I'm thinking, uh, a little bit of reflection in there to balance everything out. I don't think, um, I don't think the acoustician is going to want completely, yeah, uh, I I disagree. I disagree. Okay. I've said I've said that in the past. I actually on an HT tours with somebody. I said, but they most people that line of thinking comes from uh, one audiophiles, and when you're using two channel to create an enveloping um, an enveloping experience, you need reflections. And mm -hmm. otherwise, all you'll hear is like directly from those speakers, and that's all you'll get. Mm -hmm. um, so with that line of thinking, and that's what we had for years and years, obviously just two channel. And then you go into the ProLogic days when you wanted to have, you know, your matrix signal, you wanted it to have a more, you know, more reflections going on behind you so that it felt more enveloping. Uh, but then as we get into more and more discrete audio, um, go into 5.1 discrete audio mm -hmm. and then all the way up to today in the Atmos world uh, or object-based world, the more speakers you have, the less reflections you want because the more, ref you know, if you have, mm -hmm. say you have uh, 11 base channels and you have four overheads, what you're putting those channels in for is so that you can create that enveloping experience but if you have reflections competing against those sounds, that's that's not what you want. You're trying to just hear what the speakers are doing. All those bass traps you do is so that all you hear is what the subwoofers are doing and not, you know, so much reverb of that bass shooting all around. So as a home theater, we're getting to a point where the deader you can make the room, the more accurate the home theater experience will be mm -hmm. okay yeah i'll just i'll leave it up to them yeah oh yeah <laughs> they're the experts yeah 
though. But yeah. it's just, it's interesting that the Dolby Cinema has some hard surfaces um, in there, and uh, you know, yep, um, the some of the IMAX theaters, and I think the I think ours has a some hard surfaces um, at the the Bob Bullock. Museum. Oh yeah, I don't think it's completely soft everywhere. I think the Dolby Cinema has flooring, doesn't it? Have I think I don't think it's completely carpeted. Some yeah, of the you're never going to get. Flooring. But that's the thing is, even if you tried, you're never going to get mm -hmm. completely dead room. Even if you just yeah. tried, because I mean, I mean, you'd have to create a literal, you know, I mean, it would. You'd have to cover everything. And not everybody does. And it's like, it's hard to get to 30%, never mind to, to make it a completely dead room. Mm -hmm. So I would never worry. And there's a reflective qualities to, to everything. Even, even if you have velvet walls, if it's just, if it's, you know, plaster behind it or a board behind it, that's mm -hmm. still going to reflect. I mean, that's velvet, whatever. It's only going to, um, absorb so much that's absorbing the light but it's gonna tip the velvet will also probably tame down some of the high frequency reflections but still you don't need to put something up that's hard just for you to get a good reflection mm. okay so, so all right excellent so how big do you think you'll your space will be is for the for the theater in the basement how long and how wide do you think you'll be able to get it Right now, the rough estimate is about 14 by 22, but you'll think okay. you're in a 14 by 18. That's the rough estimate okay. because the front and rear will have two foot false walls. Okay, cool. So as you yeah. sit in the room, it'll look like an 18 foot room, but in actuality, for physics purposes, it's mm -hmm. 14 by eight, 22. Yeah. Yeah, so, we, we we're definitely putting false walls up front and in the back because um a little e doesn't want um any and i don't want subwoofers to 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 be in view i don't right. want boxes uh, i i think um um that's going to be our only option because i don't think there's anything acceptable in wall as an option so no and it makes yeah. if you have the space it makes a lot more sense just to if you don't want in like me i'm i'm the same way i don't want my subwoofers out into the room so mm -hmm. if you put them you just build that false wall you can put everything mm -hmm. behind that and just cover yeah. that and cover the whole wall and speaker cloth and mm -hmm. you're off and running and it's i mean it's okay. fantastic that way and it's still mm -hmm. part of the room it is still the room so you're good mm -hmm. um and you don't have to see it and you know like i'm doing two feet in each direction so cylinders will fit back there sb you know an sb uh mm -hmm. 2000 will fit back there at at two foot at a two foot depth so you should be able to do something like that okay yeah i'm pretty excited about how that's going to look and just just to have everything hidden you're not doing in walls though for your mains I'm not do like no. I'm not doing speakers. in walls of anything. If um, okay. even on the side, I'm gonna have six foot six inch uh, two by sixes. All right, I'm, I'm gonna frame mm -hmm. it in two by sixes. So then now I'll have six inches of depth there to put a speaker mm -hmm. there. But I'm gonna frame around it so it'll still be covered by speaker cloth. So if I have to bump that out and make it look like a little column on the side, I will. Mm -hmm. There's there's multiple ways to to get around mm -hmm. that but um 
but most everything that, cause I didn't want to limit my choices either. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you end up, I, I want as many choices as I can in the future and, and right now when, whatever I'm building with. So, um, but yeah, going within walls that that's, t- I mean, from, a you know, right from ground zero, like you're doing, it's not as bad, but trying to do in walls later, oh, there's a stud there. You're doing this and that I'd rather just my whole mm-hmm. front stage is behind a wall. So you can do whatever you want, but you can position them how you want. You can angle mm-hmm. them. I mean, it's literally it's backstage, right? And that, so I can mm-hmm. do whatever I want there. I got the same at the side, at the back and then the sides it'll just be like hey where do i want to position these and i'll move i'll actually make that column so that i can move it and be like oh i'll cover this spot where the speaker is whatever it is so but do you want to do every speaker exactly the same brand and model in the entire room can not the same probably the same brand i definitely want to do same brand um the only one i'm ha- is the overheads i probably okay. won't go same brand with the overheads um okay. but uh, but definitely same brand. So similar to what I've done now, everything I have right mm-hmm. now is same brand. Uh, yeah. and then I just go with a smaller version of that brand in the surrounds mm-hmm. surround areas. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to do the same model all the way around the room. Just the exact That's, same speaker that I know that yeah. is a great goal. I don't have this. Yeah. If I had the space for that, I probably would mm-hmm. because Carl, that goes back to our, our the early days, right? Like the early mm-hmm. days of home theater were like the exact same tower speakers all the way around you. Yeah. That's what the diagrams looked like. I get chills thinking about them. Like if I could have a pull that yeah. off, that would have been fantastic. But I remember that it was like, Oh, get five speakers. And it was like, and especially back then with a four by three television, you'd have your four by three television on a stand above a tower speaker standing in the middle of the front channel it, as your front mm. channel. And you'd have this four by three television. That was the diagrams mm. we saw. And it was yeah. like, okay, that's the goal. All right, there we go. And it's like, and oh man, that would be, that would be funny. But it's completely unnecessary. <laughs> it's like, yeah. but again, I say it all the time about this. A lot of everything we do is completely unnecessary, but that's kind of why it's fun to do. I'm going, yeah. with, I'm probably going with towers in the front of my room, completely unnecessary in this room. It's not big enough. It doesn't deserve towers, but I want it. I just, I've always wanted it. So I'm going to do it. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I guess my the focal that we selected would be tower if they stuck them in a in an enclosure. Yeah. Yeah. They would be considered towers. But yeah, the the one rare home theater that I liked on YouTube, the guy used the same speakers on the roof, on the ceiling. And yeah. I thought that was so cool. Isn't it? I was like I was wondering should I use the same 300 on yeah. the, our ceiling as well, but I don't know if the acoustician wants that. I think who cares he, what they uh, want, Carl? What do you want? They they know that I want that. This is their this is their canvas. I told them, you know, this is your canvas. You guys are the audio and video professionals. I don't. I'm not a professional. I'm not going to pretend to be one. You guys know what's going to look and sound the best in this space. So I'm. Um, you're the artist. So. You know, I'm I'm giving the paintbrushes over to you, and I don't want to get in the way. But you know, <laughs> be, 
I've I've gotten in the way because of the city. I was gonna say, know, like I see your emails every week, yeah, Carl. You're in yeah, the way. That's a real nightmare, man. It's like it was awful because I went back to Joe and I was like, Joe, we have to send. A, we have to now go. You know, because the Blanton inspired us to go completely wall to wall, and we got that horrible door moved. So that was such a relief to be able to not have to have a door there. Yeah. So let's go wall to wall. Let's do like the Blanton. And Joe was like, oh my God, this Blanton is beautiful. Cause he, he didn't even think about wall to wall uh, screen. And, and it's like, good Lord. I almost cried walking in that theater. I was just like, wall to wall. So where are you speaking? Yeah. You're going acoustically transparent, I guess. No. Mm -mm. So we're, we're going to do it because we're going to do, and this is what Stuart recommended. He says, dude, since you guys are sitting so low, and this is what um, our acoustician had an idea for as well. Since our seats are so low, you know, our, our ears are two to three feet off the floor. I think they're actually lower than two feet off the floor. So the, you know, the speakers need to be at ear level or right. slightly above ear level. So our, our speakers are going to be slight, a, a, a bit lower than the average home theater because mm -hmm. everyone would be sitting so low having said that just put the speakers below the screen oh cool and and you'll be 100 yeah. percent. you'll it's going to be an ear level it's going to be it's actually a little bit above our ears even below the screen and right. it's like you don't have any you don't have levels you don't have you know a third and second and third row you know which is why in theaters they have this speakers behind the screens what Stuart was telling me telling us is you know because you they've got stadium seating they need the, the speakers higher because Correct. at your level it needs right. to be at that point at the back of the theater the back right. of the cinema that's the only reason why they have them behind the screen and the dolby cinema etc yeah is because of that um you you're, you're not in that category whatsoever just put your uh put your speakers below the balance series mm -hmm. and do wall to wall and Bob's your uncle. That's and awesome. I guess Tom and Rob didn't remember that when they <laughs> responded, you know, because they were just saying that was just crazy. And I was like, yeah, it, you know, when my response is like, yeah, these conversations have been going on and we, we're in a very unique position, situation. We don't have traditional home theater seating. Elizabeth, she can't stand the look of traditional home theater seating and I, i'm never a fan of it either i it just reminds me of the chairs you see on in the front of these frat houses in my neighborhood that they stick out and they get rained on and you know god knows what's on them but the, even the nicest quote-unquote home theater seating it's not our style and we just want something minimal and and cozy and moon potish kind of set up so we're going in that direction yeah and um so yeah that it's going to be a very different space than than pretty much any what anyone has i don't think anyone would ever build something s similar to ours so how wide how wide's the room how wide's that screen what is that um 11 feet okay so 11, 11 feet. foot 11 feet wide. So what do you got? About the 100? box in the box. So the, even with the box already built interior box, it'll be 11 feet. Okay. So, so your screen's what? 140? 
Uh, yeah, whatever it is, wall to wall. I don't know the size of that yet. Sixteen by nine. I'm, I'm gonna let them do the math. Yes, six, sixteen by nine. Nine hundred. So. so that's probably roughly a hundred and might be a, yeah around a hundred and forty mm-hmm. because I'm like a hundred and thirty is about ten feet wide. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking a hundred and forty might be yeah yeah maybe a little bit more than that would be about. 11. I was just saying, DJ got his wish. I'm getting that. Language. <laughs> <Stuart> screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my wish. It's what I want too. That's what I'm getting. That's what I'm putting in. Um, so are you, what, are you? What's that? What what model are you putting in? Are you pondering in your space? I'll probably go with the same one I have. The one hundred. Okay. Zero gain. Okay. Zero gain. Okay. Um, in a dead room, the zero gain is. You know, I don't need it to be any. I don't need any gain off of my screen i don't know why jvc is so pro 1.3 like you know i don't know jvc's I, like they're up and down you, you need to do the 1.3 with that well with that projector this is just so. a guess this is just a guess i would say that a lot of that opinion comes from um most people when they put this stuff in they don't necessarily have a completely blacked out room so most of their advice is probably based off of the majority of people and they're going to have some lights on at a time. And then you do want a little bit of a gain because you need to bump that power up, especially for, and it is funny you say that because JVC touts themselves as being so bright and so powerful, yeah. but then mm-hmm. if they're that bright and powerful, why do they need that gain? Right. You would, mm-hmm. you know, it usually you get a gain for something like that to create a brighter image on a less powerful projector. Right. So you're, you're mm-hmm. trying to bump up something. Um, I, I know a lot of a lot of people have the one point three and it, it works. But when you mm-hmm. get your gains off of that, and that's the other thing is JVCs are supposed to be known for their black levels mm-hmm. so deep. But if you go to a one point three. Well, it, you know, rising tides, it's like, if you add a gain to that, it, it's going to, it's going to, well, I should say raise your black levels because mm-hmm. your black, it's going to be harder yeah. to get a deeper black. Whereas if you had a, a, a zero screen, zero gain, you're going to get a deeper black than if you had a screen with gain. So well, it is, is kind of we weird, that. but if you yeah. have lights on in the room, you have to compete against yeah. that. And that's where I think a lot of that opinion comes from in my, yeah. that's just my opinion, but. Yeah. Well, we had those conversations and I said, it's, it's Vanta black. And, but he mm-hmm. says, because it's over 125 inches is True. why he's recommending. That, okay. The That's another bring, point. Bring down, they'll bring down the laser if you need to, but just to be safe, yep. since you're over 120 inches, just do the 1.3, please. That's a good, so. yeah, that's another good point. So, and the distance that your projector's at. So, yeah. you know, pretty if you're, far. yeah, if it's, yeah, if it's pretty far, it may be there. So that's a good point. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't even think of that. So my yeah. my shot is probably it's not gonna be much Yours further. Yours is further. Yours is a little further, I think. I mean seventeen uh, feet is my room. Yeah, my room's yeah, but where my projector is going to sit in the room, the way I have it designed right now, it's a pretty much as far as my projector is now. Okay. So like my room right now is like Huh? Not going to be in a closet. Oh yeah, it's going to be. It's it's not okay, going. Cool. Projector's not going to be in the room, but I'm going to have in the main part. I'll probably have an eight foot ceiling, 
and then okay. the be- behind my second row of seating, second row of seating is primary. Behind that, it'll probably be a seven foot ceiling, and in that ceiling will be the projector, and directly but in that, mm, nice. So that'll be separate, closed off from the room. So okay, um, that's like I said, that's the the rough design right now, but. It'll probably still be my projector from lens to screen right now is a little over 14 feet. So I'm thinking if I do a 130 inch screen, I want my head about about 13 feet away. And that projector will probably be a a little more than a foot behind me over my head. So at a 14 foot shot, I shouldn't have a problem with any projector that I'm getting, getting a decent image, even get a on a 130 inch screen mine's 110 now so maybe i i think at most if i had to go to a gain i'd probably go to a one 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 point one okay you gonna one up me and get a barco not right away (laughs) there's no way i want one i want one but i I, wanted to get i want you to get one too i want you to one that's my keep the war on (laughs) that's my ultimate goal would be to get something like that. That's what, that's what Jim wants me to get. My projector guy yeah. is like, that's the next step up. And, but I, I just can't, I just can't afford that yeah. <laughs> with everything else I have going on. Okay. I wish unless some, unless something fell into my lap, like a, a great deal on something like a used one or something, but yeah, I don't see it. That's Yeah. That's how I found that mad VR a demo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something like exactly something like that falls into yeah. your lap, and you're like, "Okay, I'll give it a shot." Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm projectors to me. I'm like, I'm just up in the air on on what is possible because mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen by the time this this room's a go. But by the time I yeah. move into it, um, it, it, I'm hoping it's within this year. I hope to be in the house, but you know, with your project, mm-hmm. you never know, right? It takes yeah. time and things, things get derailed here and there. Uh, and in the meantime, technologies are going to advance and that's, mm-hmm. what's fun. You know, w- w- come May, June, it could be new rollouts on everything, mm-hmm. updates to older things. Um, yeah. there's, there's a lot that can take mm-hmm. place. So who knows what I'm going to have? Yeah. Prices have only dropped. I'm so happy. I did not, we did not purchase the projector and all of that stuff in advance because mm. we were pondering it because we didn't want any, excuse me, price increases, but so many things have changed. Yeah. Prices have actually dropped. Thank God construction prices have leveled off and materials have dropped. Yes. Um, yeah, just uh, things. It's just, um, just since last yeah. year, like the so, lumber for my house, the lumber has mm-hmm. come down two thirds. Yeah. Two thirds. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was. I mean, the it's. It was. I'm looking at the prices now, and I'm like, even if they go up slightly for lumber for the house, if it goes up mm-hmm. slightly in the next six months, I'll still be under half what it used to, what it cost a year ago. So yeah. I mean, it's crazy how much how much everything cost a little while ago, but we'll see. But projectors and stuff. I was just talking with. The, um, talking about this the other day tech not much has changed so prices haven't really changed right you know i was talking about like the new sony's the new jvc's it used to be like i used to buy a projector and i was talking with nelson about this the other day 
So you used to buy a projector. I could get like a three, a four-year-old projector for like half price, if not more, because the technology would have been updated since then. And the new projectors coming out would have, you know, go back to the early um, 2000s. And when they came out with, you know, you had HD, but you could get 720 or you can get 1080. And there was another, there was always a next step in the evolution. So say in 2010, you could buy a 2006 model that was maybe $12,000 in 2006, only four years earlier, but now I could get it for like 2,500 bucks. Mm -hmm. And you were like, woo, can't do that now. It's because the technology hasn't advanced as much, Mm -hmm. right? Like look at what they did with just take JVC by themselves. The NX series, they didn't lower the price on them. They just br- rolled out the the Z series and just increased the price on it. So yeah. you're buying a five-year-old projector at the same price you bought five years ago. Or you can get the upgraded laser. Pro- you see what I mean? Like it's so much. The prices aren't coming down because the technology is relatively the same. They're just trying to get us to buy the new stuff and say, look, at it, it's got a fancy new this and that. But the overall technology is roughly exactly the same. And it's it's mm-hmm. not like it used to be. So we need something else to to make this like five year old tech cheaper. But there's no mm-hmm. need for it. You know, it's weird. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think anything, I don't think JVC or Sony is going to roll out with anything new until maybe late next year. Um, late 2024. Yeah, yeah. And I, it'll be, but it'll be interesting to see what, what could be next, though, with. Carl. What could be yeah. next? Like, that's, it's fascinating to me. Advanced too. lasers, I think, you know, just some sort of new laser technology. Um, but what does that do? That's just a light yeah, source, I, you know. Maybe, yeah, maybe I remember. Do, do these do the NZ eights and nines have three lasers? The red, green, blue laser, or they have two lasers that make the that make the blue? I can't remember. Oh, you mean like yeah? Oh no, I don't think they have that kind of tech. That's okay. the that's about the only thing they can do is yeah. some of the higher yeah. end, you know, commercial stuff gets yeah the gets a little have cheap those old three laser. Yeah, and those yeah. are $80,000. Yeah. You know, so we'll see some of those come down in the consumer maybe. level mid-range. So Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if you leave the dark side and go go to JVC or your this, projector. Everybody it's so funny. <laughs> I was saying that to Nelson the other day too. I'm like I'm everybody thinks I get emails from people, I get all this stuff about look at what they did there. Look at I either get the emails that that Sony lost a shootout and JVC's better, or I'll get emails that, what about this in the JVC? Why don't you think this is good? And I'm like, I've never said it's not good. I, I, I can't say it enough. I'm like, I wanted a JVC so bad. But Jim's like, nope, this is the smarter, this is the better mm-hmm. way to go for what you have and everything mm-hmm. and do this and blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, okay, I trust him. Mm-hmm. And uh, just because I play it down the middle, everybody thinks I'm a, I'm against JVC mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not at all. Yeah. I love JVCs. I love Sony's. I, I mean, mm-hmm. LG, anything. They're great. Mm-hmm. We have great stuff out there. This is, and what's funny is everybody thinks I'm a Sony guy. This is my first Sony projector. 
It's just because yeah. I just got it before I started the podcast. So that's all anybody knows. But up until then, I have just whatever was the best possible I could get for my money. And that's it. And that's how I'll be on the next one, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, all my JVC, all my projectors, I would say about half of the projectors I've owned have all been demo. And I was going, you know, right. uh, there were years that I was going projectors every year. There were some years in the early 2000s I was doing two projectors a year. There were these Epson that were dropping, that they were getting demos because we had five hi-fi shops slash video shops in Austin, and I was just staying on top of what was being demoed. There was a projector store in Austin that leased projectors. Oh, wow. That I got a few projectors off of. Good thing one of those isn't around me. <laughs> yeah, I was replacing a projector every year. Oh. They would have an interesting model coming out. Were you, you know, the one that sent me that? Did you send me that idea? It was a, a while ago, like a year or maybe two years ago. I think somebody sent me the idea of what if we could just like lease this, like pay for this stuff, like monthly instead of buying a See, piece that, of equipment. That, Did yeah, you say that's that? Was what that I do suggestion? with my iPhone. I would love, because well, yeah. I, I, lo I replace the iPad every year. Yeah. My laptops are work, but I would love to do that with the iPad. Then why don't I don't have to eBay it every year. Right. But I would love to do that with a projector just, when the new model comes out, just give trade my take my old one, give me the new one. Yeah, because I, you know, I you could lease I like it like a car. Yeah, yeah you I lease like it like a car. Yeah, and and it gives you yeah. that. I mean, it would. I would even imagine, like, in the long run, it would probably it could be more expensive, but it's mm -hmm. a smaller payment a month. You see what I mean? Like, so you, because what would end up happening is like right now, it's like you can just buy what you can afford to buy at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I can only output this amount of cash right now. But if they were to say, like, all right, look, the JVC, you know, NZ5, say, or whatever, the, the entry level, mm -hmm. that one's going to cost you like mm -hmm. 70 bucks a month. Yeah. We'll lease yeah. it to I, you. And the convenience, but, but, it's not. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like, but for three hundred dollars a month, you can get this the NZ9, and you'd be like, hmm, it's only two hundred and thirty dollars more, mm -hmm. but I've got the best of the best. I would never. All right, I'll try. I'll do that. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where it's like you're not mm -hmm. you're not outputting twenty five grand. But you're gonna mm -hmm. now you have this say for three hundred dollars and you're paying at three hundred dollars a month, mm -hmm. and then you have the up you know you do that for three years and then upgrade and then you have to turn it in or buy it outright or up turn it in and upgrade to the next mm -hmm. one whatever you want yeah. you know what I mean just like a car mm -hmm. and yeah. it's it, it's it's the convenience of not having to resell it at the yeah. end of, of 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 ownership that is the attraction for me because I. I have always gotten a new iPhone every year and selling it on eBay has, I've, I've had nightmares, just mm. people trying to rip you off. Like, Oh, the screen, I had a guy that said the screen was puffy and it, he was, he had a video <laughs> of the screen. He was pushing in on the screen and it wasn't even my phone. You know, it was <sighs> complete like eBay went through this thing. He couldn't prove that it was my phone the serial number that he was pushing on. That's great. You know, it was a guy in Europe or something. You, I just couldn't believe the nightmares and when they offered this, 
of a lease so I could just send it back to Apple every year. I didn't care what it cost. I don't right. care if it was double. Yeah. Just I won't have to resell this thing every year. Right. That's the attraction for me. No, yeah. Not and you get any, to. It's price. almost like you know you have a yeah. fixed cost for, to have this yeah. device, right? Just like mm-hmm. you know you're going to have a car payment. Everybody knows they're going to have a car payment. So if I can just roll, you know, that's why leases work for companies and stuff. They know they have to pay for it, so they just lease them. And they keep get it keeps their maintenance costs down because they always have newer cars. Mm-hmm. They you know they're upgrading. Same with your phone. You know you're going to be paying for that phone. Just just pay for it. You know, mm-hmm. you have that plan and you just keep getting a new one. That's all. And yeah. it, it keeps you so always up looking, to date. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to selling the NZ seven on, on, on eBay. Um, I just, the whole, you know, I just, it's always just a nightmare every year. It's I got a, original double boxes and everything, but uh, maybe I'll just let Joe, I'll put it on consignment, put it on consignment with him yeah. and let him sell it. But, yeah, that oh, renting, you know, just leasing a, a JVC until the new model comes out, and then JVC takes care of it. You know, they send oh. me the box and everything, and that would oh. be beautiful. You Wouldn't know, just it? For me not to not to mess with it anymore, that would be wonderful. So, because I, I had beautiful M, M and K subwoofers, you know, mm-hmm. I that was the only subwoofer you could buy way back in the day. I think I bought my first MNK in 90. I mm. mean, that because no one else was doing subwoofers, I, I think. And because uh, um, um, maybe that yeah. or no, they yeah. were, I mean, Velodyne, were, Velodyne yeah. was huge. We love the Velodyne. In the 80s and 90s? Were they doing subs in the 80s and ni- like 90s? Definitely 90s. I don't remember. I, okay. I swear. I, don't think I know they were in the 90s, in, but. Okay. Yeah. Maybe after 91, but I bought my first MNK in 90. It was the Mark One or something, Mark Two, and um, I think that at the time that was the only sub I could get. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and then I was just doing M and K because I fell in love with them, and uh, I did M and K up to SVS, and I yep. I I mailed off the last M and K Mark Two was all upgraded. It had, they had replaced the woofers because they have a wonderful lifetime warranty on those things. And this was with the original owners, um, and UPS destroyed it. It was a beautiful. It was their flagship sub, and this guy bought it, I think, in California. And he was an M and K collector. He had stacks of these things in his home theater, and he sent me a photo of of, of it was just completely destroyed. And and I had to file a claim with UPS, and they paid for it, and all of this stuff. And it was just so sad, and and um yeah my svs um cylinders you know i've got two of those and i'll just put them on consignment i think because i don't i don't want to mess with trying to mail those because i i don't you could do like i do and just hand everything down to your son for nothing (laughs) i don't have kids or anything (laughs) not the smart um, way to go let me tell you (laughs) yeah but i'm hoping by the time it things roll around that will have a in-wall sub that goes below 18 hertz see the the problem so. with in-walls isn't necessarily how low it can go it's placement and that subwoofers are so dependent on placement in the room right they're, mm-hmm. they're like it, i mean they're dependent on the room themselves mm-hmm. it so obviously 
that means the placement of them. So subwoofers, like if you, you, all right, I have to put it here. It's the only place I can put it. That's not good. That's the same reason why, like, you know, people that think like, oh, the you know, audio files that are like, oh, subwoofers don't don't work for audio files because it should be in the speaker. It it could be great in the speaker, but it has to be the perfect environment for where those speakers are placed. The idea of taking a sub externally from your two main channels is now you have you're able to place it better within the room because the room is part of the tool that allows the sub the base to to work in that in that space so it's it i don't think it's necessarily that you know how low and in uh in wall can get it's more about just that's why i think like what you're doing with the false wall it just gives you so many more options because mm -hmm. now it, it feels like everything's in wall but you get the nice placement that you need to be able to position these things and if you say you go wall to wall with your screen right now that's an, a, a Stuart. It's not acoustically transparent. It is a screen, but the whole bottom is a false wall. It's all wide open. It's all just, you know, speaker cloth. You position your speakers under there. You can put your subs wherever you need to position them within the room behind it. But that big open cavern back there, even though there's a screen covered, all that sound coming out from underneath, it'll be perfect. Especially if you deaden that, the, the wall itself behind everything the actual structured wall you put mm -hmm. all insulation in there the exposed insulate it's just grabbing mm -hmm. it's oh, it's going to be perfect carl yeah that's what i'm thinking the cork's going to really benefit as well is for that theater because that's going to help deaden things quite a bit mm. um as far as the outside um except oh, yeah. that was one thing i was thinking when i saw that material because our our architects are just so brilliant and and uh and uh we were all about alternative um, materials for this structure. And uh, well, I was like, whoa, that is going to be so cool. Like, that's going to actually really help with sound as well, I'm thinking, at the end of the day, as far as the outside of that structure. But I'm very excited to see how they they put it together on the inside. Um, Origin Hi-Fi with our architects. So, but yeah, crazy. Oh. And uh, are you going to wire it for possible floor speakers in the future in case there's an Atmos from the floor? <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Just so, well, so. I'm always like, I'm, I'm always, even when I designed my last one, the one I'm in now, it's always, you know, with an eye to the, to upgrades to the future. So mm -hmm. I always want to be able to, whatever I need, I'll be able to just pop in and same idea. It's like, if... I mean, my my room isn't going to be raised. I don't ever anticipate speakers coming up through the floor like what I was like what we have with Atmos. Mm -hmm. um, what I would imagine is is you would just have floor level to the sides, right? So instead okay. of in, so imagine taking like an SVS um, prime elevation and you would just position that on the floor but angled up. And that would okay. be enough to grab you. And it, all you would need is one on each end of the aisle of each mm -hmm. of where you're sitting, right? So, like, say you have multi rows, same thing. Because all you need is it's just enough to to pull your attention down that low. So, like, mm -hmm. if a, you know, like a plane flew under you in a specific scene, 
that's all you would need. And I mean, most of the sound would be coming probably from your subwoofers and other channels, but enough of the sound down below is enough to make you mm. think that that's actually under you. It's, it's very easy. It's just how mm. the, uh, overheads work is not a ton of sound has to come out of there to make you feel like it's over your head. You know, it's still okay. pretty much your main channels doing most of the bulk. Yeah. Cause you're, you're, you're going to have a concrete floor. So having said that, you could still wire it, mm -hmm. you know, like they're wiring the electricity. You could wire the speaker cable for the floor. Yeah, so you, just, you could just access the speaker cable when you're mm -hmm. ready to install speakers from the floor. Yeah. You don't have cables on the floor itself. Mm -mm. They could run, um, you know, the appropriate. Well, what uh, I would do tubing. is the way I'm doing it now is I'm going to have like uh, soffits at the top. Yeah. Anything I need to run, I just run it down there. And anything that needs to go in the wall, you just pop it down that wall. So okay. you go across the top. And then if you need it on the floor, you're going to go, you'd run down, you'd run your speaker wire down the inside the wall to the bottom. Okay. But you don't want to really put a lot of holes and so i don't like the idea structurally of running anything down low because okay. then that's structural you got to hold stuff up so if you weaken the bottom yeah. that's tough but if you okay if you build a sonnet at the top then. you can just drop stuff down that's that's easy i mean it's it's not like a you know it's not like a 10 minute job you've got to snake some wire through but mm. it's not hard to do no harder than okay. throwing the overheads in when i did when i got atmos in my room you know, you've got to, you got to put, yeah. pop your hole in it, snake the wire across to where the opening is and down the wall and back over to your equipment rack, but no different, but definitely, okay. yeah, definitely we, doable when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> our, ours is going to be on a second floor above the garage. So we'll have, oh, yeah. you know, the wood floor. So we'll just run cables underneath mm -hmm. the floor. So they'll be in position, you know, if, if that technology ever comes out. We can just access cable uh, speaker wire that's always already in the floor, mm -hmm. and just install floor speakers there in the floor. Yeah, wherever wherever the spec is that, mm. yeah. You because know, I th I think that's going to be next as well. So I think we'll that's have awesome. sounds because you know the audium in San Francisco. You know, if anyone listening has ever um, not been there, the audium San Francisco. It's they have over a hundred and. 50 speakers in this space and it's an audio um, um, composition experience. There's no, they turn off all the lights and you just listen to this composition being uh, played um, live in the space in complete darkness. And you're just surrounded completely floor to ceiling, mm. all, the, all the walls. There's nothing else like it in the world. And now they have artists and residents because the sun actually took over the space the original owner composer who bought the space in the sixties and built it has passed it on to his son. So now they have artists in, in residence visiting. So the pieces are always changing. Do you have to make your reservation well in advance before you go to San Francisco? Cause um, it sells out really quickly, but it, any home theater cinema, uh, enthusiast, it's, it's a must visit. It's really remarkable space. The audience. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, Reggie's and, probably uh, been there. Reggie's in that area. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. I can't Boyd, wait till he's, his, on. he's one of my favorite guests of yours. Oh, he's a blast. I always love listening to to Reggie on the 
<laughs> yeah, Reggie, my wife grew up in Walnut Creek. So oh, okay. Far from you. That's funny. Um, yeah, it's like I've had a, a number of people over the past, it's got to be a year and a half now. The first time I mentioned floor speakers with Tom. Um, it was, I think it, the first time I mentioned it here, Tom and I were just spitballing on what's next and Tom Andrea of AV rant. And I said, um, I go, I think it's floor. That's what I want. Right. And over the past like year and a half or whatever, people are like you're, they're sending me, um, images of like, like, um, what was the latest one? Somebody sent me a diagram of a floor of like a theater being designed. And it might've been from either uh, storm audio or one of the higher end. And they were like, they had floor speakers and they're like, they're like, DJ, you know, Stradamus, a home theater. I go, this is not a big trick. <laughs> it's like, that's, all, that's yeah. the only place left. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's all that's that we haven't done yet. So yeah. it's, um, I think we're going to get it and it'll be like, I can't wait till we do because I think, because it is it's ridiculous yeah but it's been so much fun yeah yeah just uh footsteps um oh yeah you know creatures walk um scurrying through the grass things like that natural sound you know stuff you hear at disney and 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 things that can be gimmick as well it's all fun but yeah the audium the speakers are actually on the floor uh facing the the listeners and all the chairs there's probably 30 speakers on the floor yeah and they're facing all different directions it depends on what chair you select to sit in yeah and um the what what speakers you have you there are speakers underneath some of the chairs um but when the lights go down you can't see anything and so you're just it's just all yeah you're inputting and it's just it's really magical and uh yeah so yeah i'm really i'm eager i hope we all get to live to to see that happen. That would be fun. That'll be that'll be fun. It'd be fun. And, it would be funny yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Be, I mean, because people love, be like, "What do you need that for? You don't yeah, need it at all." Hearing, <laughs> I love hearing Tom gripe about that stuff. It's you know, silly and yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there. He he's he's fantastic. He's like, oh, you don't need all that. It's like you're running a <laughs> yeah. podcast. It's like, and yeah. you're like what you were saying earlier. It's like you were like, oh, you don't need twenty three thousand square feet. But if you have, but you're stopping at where you are. Like Tom's yeah. like, all you need is five point one. You don't even yeah. need five point one. So yeah. why get upset yeah. at people that go to seven or further? Yeah, it, it's like and, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I can it back on the the million dollar theater. You know, I understand mm. the the individual loves star wars or whatever but it's just i just think that i think at the end of the day the actual cinema experience like it seems like a and a lot of these cinemas that are built you see the screen just seems like an afterthought you know it's like the screen is like half the size of the wall and you know they've it's all about all in the space yeah and and it's like it the actual experience of the theater is just a total afterthought. And um, it just seems like, you know, you mean I, the actual experience of watching a movie, yeah, the actual yeah, experience exactly. of being in the room is not an afterthought. Actually yeah, just exactly. walking into that room isn't a hell yeah. of an experience. Yeah. It's, but it's, the actual it movie what, viewing. If you, if, right. Yeah. If you, and I love star Wars just as much in any, as anyone else. I don't, I would never want to have a room uh, in honor of, of, of a film that i love i mean right uh, it's just i agree i don't understand that i don't i don't yeah but to he to each his own and uh 
I wouldn't. It would be weird watching the black hole or Star Trek. <laughs> the the right. The, you know, <laughs> Wrath of Khan in a Star Wars themed right space. You know, room. I it no, just. It, it I just agree with you. Very odd to me. Yeah, and I don't get it. I um, love that people do it. I just wouldn't. Right. Just like, yeah, just like and I people- would never watch. I would never watch a film in that space. I would never. I would never. Oh, if someone I would if, you, build if that person right. invited me, there would there would be no way I would ever watch a movie in that space. Oh, I, I would. I couldn't I'd it. go. It would be if total I got invited. Distraction. Yeah. It yeah. But you're right. Yeah. I would feel a lot of anxiety because of all that stuff. Because you're just, you. I think I, <laughs> yeah. And I, I it brings a lot of anxiety just being around all that clutter and um <coughs> and i can uh, see i like i like offices with a lot of things that inspire creativity mm. like i have things in this office that inspire me to create and um think of new ideas and, and i've got books and whatever right and other in other spaces where i'm listening to music at home uh, i don't want anything distracting me right just very minimal um, we are m- minimalist to the maximum. <laughs> you know, we don't have we don't have stuff all over, and and um, and when I'm in spaces watching movies, I don't want stuff all over the all over the walls to distract or reflect light. Right. <laughs> now, me and that, me, John and Steve will talk about it on Friday, Friday's podcast too about that. I had, I mean. Like I had so many people send me that theater, that million dollar theater, like, check this out, check this out. And everybody was like awesome about it. Like, what are you going to do? This this is what DJs is going to be like. "Mm, No, (laughs) Um, no, but I do. I love, I love the design. I love everything about it, but it's not for me. It's like, I've seen other um, uh, Star Wars themed home theaters and one actually looked like you were in one of the ships. Like not the mm-hmm. Millennium Falcon or anything, but it was like you were in a ship. But like you said, it's like once you sit down in there, you're like, it's great. The first 10, 15 minutes you're there. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, I'm like, to your point, like you go in there to watch mm-hmm. like Saving Private Ryan. It's going to feel weird. Yeah. Just it, like, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not right. It's yeah. something, you know, that's yeah. just like a point of, uh, but, uh, like, and, 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 and I, and I, I, I don't I don't know cuz even when I see home theaters that are built in the style of the classic um theaters um be- beautiful um um palace theaters yeah. I don't get it you know it's, it's it's not a palace theater it's your living room you know if I want a palace theater go downtown and sit in a real beautiful palace theater with a 200 foot ceiling right and uh, I just don't understand the whole recreation and that's the thing uh, that we don't well, like about home theaters. Seating is it's that is designed to fit a maximum amount of butts in a in a certain size mm-hmm. space to maximize profits. I don't need to recreate that at home and where I can't, you know. No, but you're c- c- cuddle with my wife, you know, right. in these the- in these seats and everything, and the and the designs that are are meant to do that, so you can cuddle. It just, I just don't like it. I just don't like the look of them, and and it's just not us. But and, see, what's uh, funny is I like, like I like my theater seating, 
I don't want, there was a time when I wanted the actual like theater seats that you like, you screw into the floor auditorium like seats where you pull it down and sit down in it. That's what I wanted in my theater. And I was like that. And then they came out with what we have now is like home theater seating. That is basically a nice comfy couch designed to look like a theater seat. It's like a chair, right? Mm -hmm. That came out. Hmm, I don't know. Shortly before I got my theater, that wasn't a big, that wasn't, home theater seating early on used to be a fancier version of when you went to an auditorium style seat. Right. So that idea to me is like that. I am recreating going to the theater just in a little more comfortable. You're recreating like in, in all of our talks about you, how you want to get this, you want to get it like an IMAX, you want to get it, get it like this. So you are recreating something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're just stopping at that seating level and, and you're doing the black box. So like when you're in a theater and all the lights go out, that's what you want. Mm -hmm. But somebody like recreate, I can totally see people doing this lavish old timey theater look inside their theater with like, you know, the red velvet drapes and the gold tassels and all that. It's too much for you. <laughs> But some people like, that's what I grew up with. And I love being in yeah. here because it reminds me of when I went to a theater. Do you remember the days when the curtains opened to yeah. see your theater? And it's like, yeah. I would, yeah, there we was still a time. Have that at the Paramount. Yeah. Right. And there was a time yeah. that you could do that. And it's like, you could still do it today. You'd like, how many people remember rear project? Like all of our projectors, I think are still capable of being rear projectors. Mm -hmm. And it's like, who has the space to mount that projector behind a screen and mm -hmm. then act? Cause that's how you would get, if you did a rear projector projection with what we have now, and then you'd, you'd have the velvet drapes open and everything would be, I mean, that would be amazing, mm -hmm. but imagine the space behind your screen that you need to be able to pull that off. Never yeah. mind the engineering. It's so funny. Cause, um, you know, the, I, I don't know the names of the people that, that do these videos, that take these tours, but it would be so kind of hilarious because I could imagine m having me on those tours with them and, uh, and you know, this, this individual, whatever their name is, is doing, oh, look at this, so amazing, this Star Trek Wrath of Khan themed, and, and I'm just like, you know, and, and I'm showing all this anxiety before we, we, before we, and I, I can't, I can't go in here, man. <laughs> and then we go in there and we're seeing all this and it shows me just looking around and just walking. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Sensory overload. Yeah. That's what just, you're getting. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, it is. I'd be the Mikey of home theater tours. The Mikey? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I, I mean, I, always finding a problem with something yeah that's you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i know what did you say in one of my podcasts i held up a uh a flash drive and like even you had a comment about that's a huge flash drive yeah what it's the like, hell? good lord who cares <laughs> it's just what i happen to have lying around in front of me 
Yeah, my like, flat, my flash drive is like a fraction of that size. That's so funny that you mentioned ooh. that. Like, <laughs> actually, just replaced it. I was like, "Good lord, where did you get that? That's that's amazing. I don't even have my probably off an end rack at Walmart because <laughs> I needed a flash drive COVID for something." I, yeah, I get over COVID, and I'm still, you know, did you cough for a few weeks after COVID? I'm still getting these little cough no. hits. Okay. No, my my. Uh, <laughs> Like, I have this allergy thing that started in December of 2020, but I don't think that was it. And then I've had it ever since. Um, okay. And then, but when I got it, when I got COVID, I just got a really bad sore throat for like three, four days. And then literally okay. was, I was back to normal. As normal. Okay. I mean, I still felt worn down, but I mm-hmm. was back to normal by Monday. I Like, I... Yeah. I started on a. I started getting it on a Monday into Tuesday, sore throat on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It was so bad. I went to the doctors on Friday, mm. and they're like, "Yep, nothing. I can nothing. You can we can do for you. You just got to ride it out." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." Mm. So I went home, and by Saturday, my throat had lessened so I could eat again. And then by Sunday, I was back to work on Monday. No problem. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating because mine was just completely different. I felt yeah. nothing. I. I, I had a little bit of a sore throat the first day and that went away. Mm. And then I had fatigue and that was it. I had, I had a little cough here and there when I would lay down to go to sleep mm. and no headaches, no fever, never lost, um, taste buds. But then when I recovered and I started testing negative, I'll go, if I go from a warm room to a cold room, I start coughing. Mm. And I'll cough for about 10 seconds or five seconds. And then it stops when my body acclimates mm. to the cold room or warm room. <laughs> but that's it, man. And and my doctor says, yeah, it'll keep going for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, it's so weird because it, what I've found just off of like, you know, listening to people talk about what they get and some people get it bad. Some people get it less. But what's weird is like in what you hear is what I've experienced is people get it, but the groups that get it, they all kind of get it the same. Right. Yeah. So like in my family, there were a lot of people like me or then they're like, cause we, it went through our family at Christmas time two years ago. So, uh, well last Christmas 21 and we all had very unique symptoms and oh, very uh, similar symptoms to us. Like my brother-in-law had the same sore throat. My sister had the same sore throat. It was just stuff like that. But then you talk to other people, other families further away that have not, that have getting it, and they they don't get what we got. They got a different version of it. But their family all experienced kind of the same thing. So it's weird. I don't know if there's like how many different strands there are or whatever. But it, it seems yeah. like it's turned into just like okay, this is what you got to deal with and. Good luck. Yeah. It's a conversation yeah. piece now. <laughs> I just keep getting the vaccines and that's all I can do. Yeah. So, yep. But, uh, yeah, good times. And, uh, so, um, <clears throat> so yeah, that, that'll be exciting to see your project come together. Yeah. And, um, I'm, I'm looking forward enjoying. to it. I'm looking forward to talking about it and looking, I mean, when we break ground, I mean, I'm, I want to be like, it's, when I built this house, I had to wait 
until I was in the house before I did anything. And mm -hmm. like we moved in on a Friday and Saturday, I had already taped out the wall where the screen would be. And my wife, and then I went to the store and ordered my TV. Right. <laughs> so back then it was a, a, a actual television, but, um, but now <clears throat> I I'll be doing, you know, I'm doing the podcast every week from heat from this house, but then I'll be at the house and, uh, you know, if I can start framing the room right away, as soon as the first floor is on, I mean, it's only a one floor house anyways, but as soon as the floor is on, I can start framing the room. I'll mm -hmm. do it. And I'll, I mean, even if I'm just plugging away at it, right. but it'll be stuff to talk about stuff that I'm, I'm already staring at the design thinking, <laughs> okay, this is where this is going to be. So when I actually have a physical place to go stand in, it's going to be insane. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's fun. And, uh, I'm so, <clears throat> I'm so glad I got to, um, use the NZ seven with the mad VR before I go up to the NZ eight. Yeah. So I'll really get to see the difference there. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's probably going to be pretty crazy. Do you to, think, to see, uh, I think so because I've seen NZ eights without the mad VR and I think it blows away my, my NZ seven, I mean, my NX seven. Um, so right the NZ eight so. without a mad VR, you think looks better than your, yeah, because it, the, yours with the, the mad space, VR. Yeah. With the space. Yeah. And, and it's not right next to each other. You know, the, I'm, right. I'm going to, you know, these, these places in mm -hmm. San Antonio, Austin and, and, um, and other places. And I, I think it looks better, but you know, it could see, be would... just all in my head. But mm. we'll we'll see, you know. That's that's all I all I can all I can say. And I think, yeah, yeah. I don't think it had a mad VR. I don't think they had a mad VR hooked up to that that unit. And it also and depends Jordan. on the content they're playing through it too. You know, if they yeah depends on the, what they were doing with yeah. it. But like a lot of variables, right? A lot of variables. But mm -hmm. I would say, like, even just going from an NZ seven to an NZ eight. You're going to get an improvement there, but it's not like going from like a, you know, a, a 2000 or $1,500 projector up to a seven. It's the, mm -hmm. you know, isn't the eight, just the updated version of the seven. Isn't that the newest, um, the new version of it? Brighter. I, it's brighter. Yeah, it's brighter. Um, I think the lint, the lasers are slightly different. I, I don't know. I can't remember. Well, I, Unless I had that right in front of me, yeah. But and I'm also very eager to have the Denon. I, you have an NX seven, right? Not a Z, right? The one yeah, NX seven, yeah. NX so you that's ball based, isn't I keep it? Getting this mixed up, like ZX. <laughs> well, <laughs> look at it this way: the Z's and have I, the a old laser. One is the NZ, I have the old beat up NZ seven. <laughs> NX seven, and I'm and the NX seven, <laughs> and that's ball based, right? Yeah, the old bulb base. Right. So you so, have a bulb base. You go into a laser. You go into yeah. an eight, which is a laser. Yeah. And yeah. that just, you know, that's just your light source. It means you're going to have a more consistent light source for longer. It doesn't mean it's necessarily mm -hmm. brighter. Or you can be just, mm -hmm. you can have a bulb base just as bright as a laser. It's possible. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so it's probably got better processing and everything like that. But I think your Mad VR is going to level that playing field. I'm wondering how much of a jump you you will experience yeah. there because I think the Mad VR might actually level that out a little bit. 
So yeah, yeah it's going to be exciting. And same thing with the our old Denon Denon 8500H. Yeah, I want to listen to that uh, for a while before we mm. decide to go to Lingdorf because I want to hear it with the old the old AVR. Mm-hmm. Listen to that for a while, and then pull the trigger on going separate, and uh, just to see mm. you know have a have a a noticeable see if we have a noticeable difference in audio um mm. we've heard oh god is it okay we've heard the focal at the dealer that focal avr is really nice really beautiful. oh yeah yeah they have an avr really, yeah they they have it in one of the screening rooms at um <clears throat> origin hi-fi and i think the main room is Trenoff, you know but i've heard a dozens of rooms with Trenoff and few rooms with storm mm-hmm. and uh i i can't wait to get out and hear them again i haven't heard their stuff in years yeah, yeah. and to hear yeah, some you, of the new man, stuff you i really am eager to for you to get to Boston and listen in rooms, just listen to a bunch of stuff, bunch of speakers and a bunch oh. of roots. You have some good options in Boston mm-hmm. to listen to some stuff, whole bunch and watch a whole bunch of watching a whole bunch of rooms. See, hopefully. the problem for me is, especially right now, it's like being a drug addict or an alcoholic. You're recovering. You don't run into a bar. So, you know what I mean? And I'm like, if I go, and when I used to go to those places, I would be like, all right, I look, I see, blah, blah, blah. I go back, I look, all right, I'm going to upgrade this piece. And I have, the only thing limiting me back then was I was just a kid and I didn't have a lot of money. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. able to do that stuff. A lot of the stuff was just wishful thinking. And... Now, I mean, I'm not even joking. I could go in there and be, I could blow part of my house budget and it would just be like, it would be a big mistake. And that's part of the reason I don't go is because I know I'm like, I just make excuses. I'd be like, oh, I could really use this right now and be like, all right, well, I won't have to buy it. And I'm like, no, I need, I got to wait until I get more settled before I get back into that world of going in and testing because i'm you know i'm just like a kid in a candy store and i'll want it and i'll yeah. and that what's worse is when you have the i don't have the ability to buy it because my, the money i have is spoken for yeah but i have the money sitting there and you're just like i could do this i could do this it could i mean going back to my kaleidoscape i like i said i had the money it just was sitting there for vacation so I kept mm-hmm. saying, all right, I'm not doing, I'm not doing it. Right. But then when my wife's like, all right, we haven't gone on a vacation. We haven't used this. So why don't you, all right, you can do it. So then I did, but it, it's, it's not that I, it's when I was a kid, I literally didn't have the money to do these things. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to window shop. It was fun to experience this stuff. But now that I do and knowing how I am, I, I can't be there. Because if I am, mm. I'll just buy yeah. it and then I'll come home and be like, why'd you do that? Mm. And now you have buyer's yeah. remorse because, oh, crap. What happened? I mean, yeah. you're just like, oh, no, now I'm out of money and I still got to build the house. <laughs> yeah. But I got a trade-off. Yeah. 
<laughs> you um you have Morant's correct. Yes. Yes. Morant. Yeah. Seventy seven. Um, I didn't tell you my little Morant story. So when I was a kid, I went into a Morant's dealer in um in the city and I liked the system and everything. And I, you know, I was probably 10 or 11 because mm. I got my first like proper stereo, maybe at 13 with my own money. Um, I was throwing papers and stuff yep. like that. And, Same uh, here. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and the guy told me to leave. I was looking at this Morantz, and they were gold back in those days, yep. like early 80s or something like, or late 70s. This was might have been like 79. Okay. And they were kind of goldish, I think. I can't remember. Or silver and gold, maybe. Yeah, they did have one. I thought they had one that came out that was gold, or like yeah. it was a brushed gold. looked like a nice gold yeah. one. But... I think this was the late 70s. Hmm. I was really little. And uh, I just loved hot buy shops. My dad would always take me to high spy shops. He'd go and talk to people. He knew these people. And um, I just remember going in. It was a Morant store. It was like, like Morant oh. themed or like, and uh, other, uh, maybe some other brands. I just remember this horrible person. And uh, he, I was just like looking at this stuff and, uh, yeah, he told me to get out of get out of the store. I, I I asked a couple of questions, and he said, "Get out of the store. You would never have money for this." Yeah, get out. And and <laughs> uh, yeah, he kicked me out. And uh, yeah, I just went got my dad or whatever, and I I, I didn't even t tell my dad about it. And uh, I went back to the store, to, and that same guy was there. And I actually he didn't remember me or anything, and he. Uh, showed me this equipment and i what had told i had learned about um i guess uh commission got you know what commission oh, what was commission meant yeah and i had this guy show me all this stuff and i uh said perfect i want i'd like to get this and everything and um i left got all the information i want and went to the same kind of owned um store at another location in the city and bought the unit from another salesman <laughs> yeah and and i told the so salesman, you're pretty the woman guy, yeah and uh, <laughs> i told the guy that told me all about it and uh and um he he went i went back and to that store and just told him oh yeah i got the, i got the stereo thank you so much for telling me all about it and uh, yeah, he's told me he had lost commission. Why didn't you buy it from it? And I just acted like I had no idea what the uh, what commission was, right, or anything like that. I just told him, hey, it was closer to my house or whatever. And by the way, you're you kicked me out of the store. Oh here, yeah, like four <laughs> years ago or something. So, so it's the it high five version of Pretty Woman. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was that guy was so mean, but I got yeah. got my little revenge. There you go. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and I That's, and yeah, I just had a bad. Morant's had a bad taste in my mouth for years. Really? With that, with that company, yeah, just the way he treated me, and he was representing Morant's. You know, well, it's and, just a uh, store. I wouldn't say he's a designer know, of the equipment. I know. <laughs> so, he's a salesman. But yeah, it was kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, what was that? Oh, so yeah, military. So 
yeah, retired last December. So did you have any interest in ever joining the military when you were Oh in yeah, high you wanted to ask me that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, so you tell were... me about that. Because um, I went right out of high school as well. Yeah. Uh I was um so when I was a kid, I was really, really small. Um mm-hmm. and I mean really small. My wife's four ten. Yep. Up until my junior year of high school, she was taller than me. Oh, and wow. That, yeah. So I weighed... How tall are you now? Six feet. Okay. I'm 5'7". By, by the end of junior year, I was pretty much the height I am now. Oh, okay? wow. So that didn't help. So that didn't help my um, uh, my size. So I tried to play football when I was like... In seventh and eighth grade, sixth, seventh, sixth and seventh grade, I played football, but I was too light. They had to put weights in my pockets to get to be on the team. And then my in my eighth grade, I went to play, and I was too old for the age that I still didn't weigh enough for. They would have had to put weights in my pockets. I was too old for that level. Uh, so I had to move up to the next level, but there were there weren't you couldn't put enough weights in my pockets for me to make that. And my coach at the time said. Uh, don't worry about it. He goes, I'll just make you a, a coach on my team so you can still be around. He goes, and next year you can play for the high school. And I'm like, where he goes, there's no weight limit. I'm like, I'm not old enough to play with kids four years younger than me. I'm not big enough to play with kids four years younger than me. Why do I want to go play with grown men, seniors in high school where they could just kill me? So up until junior year of high school, I weighed probably around 80 pounds at most. Wow. And then I had a few, a huge growth spurt, probably put on a little bit of weight, maybe got up to a hundred pounds, but now I was almost six feet tall as I grew. And by the <laughs> end of the year, I was probably, I think my heaviest in high school by the time I graduated was about 145 pounds. And that was mm. it at six feet tall. Anyways, I had a quote unquote, what you would call a discipline problem. Um, I couldn't focus on things. Um, I had a problem getting beat up all the time because I like to talk and I don't back down from people. I was a little kid, got picked on easily. So I just, but I didn't back down. So my dad was in the military. He, he got drafted to Vietnam Mm -hmm. and all the stories he ever told me were always just these great, great stories. Um, funny stories. I mean, so I was like, you know what? I could use the discipline. I could use the physical training. So I explored the military, my senior year of high school, um, went to the recruiters, did the whole thing. Um, sat, uh, took the test, got all tested. I was all set to go through, uh, to join, uh, the army and actually go to ranger school i was everything was all set so they were like okay you're going to do this first you're going to do this then you're going to go to ranger school because i wanted to be a ranger okay because i thought that was the challenge that i wanted to do all right so now i had just turned 18 so it's the summer after i graduated now i can i told nothing of this to my parents and um because i didn't know what they would say and i this is what i wanted to do so um i'm sitting i'm 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 all dressed up they're coming to pick me up to go sign 
uh, the, the, he was driving a, uh, Chevy Citation, I believe it was. Uh, he was coming to the house to pick me up and it was going to all be official. And so I'm, I walk out into the backyard in the middle of summer and my mom's sitting at the pool and she sees me all dressed up and she's like, where are you going? And I was like, oh, well, let me tell you. And I told her what I was doing. She didn't get upset. She didn't, she didn't go like, oh no, don't do that. Don't do that. She just flat out, one of the calmer moments of my mom, this is a moment where you're like, you know, a mom could, you'd think would be like, oh my God, what are you doing? Right? Nope. Very calm, very practical and said, why are you doing that? I told her why. And she's like, are are you doing it because of dad? You think he wants you to do that? And I'm like, well, not necessarily, but I mean, he was in the army and blah, blah, blah. And then she told me some of his stories that he's never told me about that I don't want to share here, but some stories of when he came home and I was like, ah, and she's like, just think about what you're doing because he's like, "Mm, that's not exactly what he wants for you. And he's like, she's like, maybe you, you know, think about it a little bit more, but the story she told me and everything like that, I just turned around. I was like, okay, thank you. And I walked, the guy pulls up, puts his window down i go yeah i'm all set and i didn't join so that was it that was the biggest fork in the road in my life the biggest fork where i had a decision to make and at that moment if i hadn't seen my mother at that time if she had been anywhere else if anything else had happened i wouldn't be where i am today i'd be it would be a different life i think i'd well probably be dead for one (laughs) because i probably would have would have been a ranger probably would yeah. have been in desert storm so who knows mm-hmm. if i survive all that yeah, it's but it's very I'm, very that's very hardcore and very different world from the air force so yeah yeah but yeah mm. I, and i have when told to focus i have that focus and that's where i think i've talked to i have other friends that are in the military that were in the military one of my best friends was a marine and he's like <laughs> knowing me and he's like, you would have been perfect. <laughs> he goes, because yeah. one, he's like, you just, you have that mindset and you would have been perfect for it. But I wouldn't have the life I have. I wouldn't have, I mean, my wife mm-hmm. and I started dating like two weeks after this. That never would have happened. Right. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have, so I wouldn't have this life. Who knows what life yeah. I would have. Yeah. I don't, I don't regret it. I don't, I don't think anything differently, but so yeah. you didn't know your wife when you were about to join the military. Oh, I knew her. She was my best okay. friend. She knew okay. I was going. Well, she was my best friend through yeah. senior. You, she, might, you guys might have still end up together. No, I think no, because I would have been gone. I, I mean, when you you don't, I, it was a six year commitment, guaranteed mm-hmm. six to go through that program. So it was a guarantee of six, and then. Um. Yeah. What year was this again? This was in 1988. Okay. Wow. So that's that's the year I joined. Yep. Mm. Crazy. It was a very different world in '88 between '88 and before. Uh, desert know, Storm. War. Yeah. yeah. Because Desert Storm broke out, and that was uh, in '91, right? '91. Yeah. I think. Very, yeah. Yep. It was, People didn't expect war then. We were, I mean, yeah. Vietnam had ended in the 70s, but we had gone through, I mean, 
we were still in the quote unquote cold war, but mm-hmm. nobody had gone anywhere. Nobody, it was mm-hmm. very relatively other than, you know, the Iran situation, the hostage situation that mm-hmm. happened in the seventies into the eighties. It was still just considered, especially if, there wasn't a lot of like, it's not like it is today. Today, there's a lot more, um, since mm-hmm. desert storm and all the conflicts that have happened since then, um, it's a lot. A lot of people signed up in the late '80s. I wasn't one. If I was signing up, I was signing up for conflict. You don't join the Rangers and not anticipate mm-hmm. conflict. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, and I know friends that signed up and then ended up with like, "Wait, what? When Desert Storm happened? Wait, what? I gotta go? What? Because people didn't expect that. Nowadays, people expect it. Like you're gonna get deployed." Yeah. Right. Um, There was a big wave in the 90s of like, wait a minute, I just did this for the college program. I don't want to go to war. Like, sorry, you signed up. (laughs) Yeah, we saw a lot of people get out, you know, just but the Air Force is very different from all the other services. Yeah, you guys are hardcore. The Marines, Army, very, very different world. You know, the Air Force at the end of the day, our pilots are fighters. Mm-hmm. And the other two that would see the most combat, quote unquote, would be weather because they parachute in and check mm. the weather conditions before we um, oh, really? uh, build. Bef- yes, before we build an uh, airfield, they will parachute in and check the conditions That's so cool. it's safe to build. Yeah, right, right. Before we do a bivouac, before we build a temporary base, yeah, they yeah. will secretly parachute in and take care of those conditions you know and they're very vulnerable during that time and of course security police because they're guarding the base or whatever Mm. um um is necessary to guard right you know so they would yeah that's like your mps and stuff like that right would see action and have seen action um and then civil engineering because we go in and we you know what i was a part of because we go in and build the bases right um, from the ground up. Um, and, uh, yeah. but I was IT for logistics, um, for 17 years before I went to CE. I was CE, uh, the last half of my career, but I was IT and I, and I told my stepdad at the time, I just wanted to do, I wanted to work on computers. I just, I would loved computer systems. I wanted to learn more coding. Uh, more software. I loved Apple even back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was my first choice. And I got it. And I said, I wanted to go to England because I love music and everything. Because I that's and that was one of the primary reasons I joined the Air Force is I've always wanted to live in England. And I got my first choice on my dream sheet. So I was over there for five yeah. years. And uh, but the Army and, Na- and Marines, I have no idea if you get to choose where you go. Yeah, depends on what you uh, do. I don't know where you go, but I, same idea as I got my choice. Like if you scored X amount of points on your test, right, you get to choose mm-hmm. from certain things. And when I did my test, they're like, well, you test out, you can have your choice at whatever you want. And uh, that's why I picked Rangers. I was like, I, I want to do this. So they were like, okay. I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. you test out for that. And I'm like, and uh, I mean, it's Ranger school, any of those things. It's It's not just. You know, you got to be, all those guys are fairly intelligent. They're very intelligent people because there's more mm-hmm. to it than just be like, arr, 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 I'm going to go shoot. No, mm-hmm. that's not what those guys are. Um, mm-hmm. And I know some of them and it's, you know, so 
I was lucky enough that I was able to choose. Uh, Some would say you're crazy to do it, but it's in, you're probably right. And that's why I didn't do it. I just, um, you know, I I think it it was like three months of planning. And then my mom just ended it like, boom, with what she told me. And I was like, oh, okie dokie. (laughs) Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Thanks for telling us that story. I was very curious. You asked me and I said, I, hey, people yeah. come on, I'll tell them anything. It's like, you know, there's certain private things I don't want to yeah. get into, yeah. but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, um, yeah, I, I'll talk about anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, it's, it's so strange. Those times in our lives, um, where we take that fork in the road and, uh, I don't know where I would have ended up without the air force. I didn't have a lot of discipline at that age either. You know, I was very punk rock attitude. Um, and I was heavily picked on in high school as mm. well by the jocks because, you know, the punk rock, you know, kid. And, you know, we back then you had, it was like Pretty in Pink. It was like the yeah. movies of our youth. You know, the, you had the jocks, you had the metal mm-hmm. stoners, and you had the punkers, skaters. And they did not get along. And, uh, you know, school kids these days, it's very different. Book Smart is one of my favorite movies. And that is is just covers modern uh, high school so well. You know, Book Smart, it's just a a brilliant film. But, uh, yeah, it's just amazing how culture changes. Everyone gets along. Seems like everyone gets along with everyone, and everyone listens to everything and now? watches everything nowadays. Nowadays, a lot more than in in the eighties. It's like you didn't uh, go to. You, it's like we you weren't list. You did not listen to Metallica if you were into uh, death metal and uh, um, suicide suicidal tendencies and yeah and Public Image Limited and Sex Pistols. There was separate. You were you yeah. were separate like it but now everything's open everyone listens to (laughs) watches everything and listens to everything see i think uh, everybody i don't think anybody gets along any better now than they did then it's just to me what i've noticed is it's the physical part has changed people don't it things don't escalate to a physical confrontation like they used to because there's just too many consequences when i was when when i when we were in school it's like if you said something somebody just hit you (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know and a lot of stuff went it it escalated to physical really fast and Mm -hmm. you just don't have that nowadays even in in, in school because i mean kids getting arrested in school for getting into a fight and i'm like arrested it's like we i mean we used to do that it's like i remember i used to have a butterfly i carried a butterfly knife and i would Mm -hmm. be using it in class just practicing it now i didn't carry it as protection i didn't carry it you have to remember this is the 80s it's like my skateboard was my protection i never (laughs) yeah and it's like but i would be using my butterfly knife and the teacher would be like uh mr briggs uh put that away or i'm gonna take it away from you nowadays i'm in jail (laughs) it's like it's a completely different world it's like i know i mean you'd never use the thing but it's yeah it's just completely different now and but i think people people just they bash each other with words that's what we're doing nowadays and that's what social Mm -hmm. media is and that's what it's like you know like yeah you know words are violence really 
because I've been hit a lot and words aren't violent. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've just, I've been really, my social media, I have a little bot that posts news and art and that sort of thing. Just, I, I keep my email to a minimum. I have hmm. a little bot that posts news up on my Facebook and Twitter feed so I can access news. I can keep up with my news instead of keeping hmm. up with my email. But I, I'm always looking at my own Facebook and my own Twitter feed. I'm, I've been really minimizing right. looking at anything else outside mm -hmm. um, unless it's a specific band that has posted something on Facebook or Twitter. I think Elizabeth has really kind of convinced me to do a little bit more of that and less diddling outside on those social media. Because yeah. E doesn't do any mm -hmm. uh, uh, social media. Right. And um, Yeah, you said that in an email I, recently, that yeah, TED I Talk just, you sent. Yeah, yeah. About that guy that was like, and he's 100% right. And it's like, that's yeah. how I run my, my Twitter. Mm -hmm. I'm only on Twitter for the <laughs> podcast. I was mm -hmm. on Twitter for years before that with my, my private, my personal one, mm -hmm. but it was like you said, just for news. I never tweeted about anything. I just, mm -hmm. I mainly why I got on Twitter at first was to read about, uh, I think a hockey lockout, an NHL lockout mm -hmm. at the time or something. And I just wanted to get updated on it. So it was all news based. Mm -hmm. Um, I love like Brent Butterworth. He's not on any social medias and it's like, he said it on my podcast. He's like, just email him. He, yeah. he's not out of touch with anybody. If you need to get in touch with them, you just email them. And yeah. I, I'm that way as as well. It's like you can email me. I'm on Twitter. I'm active there with home theater. But I don't get into, I don't see any of the other stuff. Of course, I scroll by it and I'll see, oh, what's going on here? You see some of the stuff. But most of my lot, timeline is just, it's all home theater. And I, I don't mind. That's the whole up, mm -hmm. the whole problem that everybody had when Musk bought twitter and they're saying oh this is a, you know i talked to some listeners about it and i heard oh some things were happening like maybe some they lost some information but you see people back up your stuff you could lose it all and i'm like back up what i'm like i could lose everything on twitter i'd be like okay well i'm lucky enough i have a podcast if like twitter went away i'd just be like hey everybody i'm here you know it, you'd have that and i could get in touch with people but i i don't i, I don't know i don't I don't get that fascination with it. People really, really mm -hmm. delve into it from what I hear, especially listening to your, that Ted talk you sent. I'm like, people are that into this stuff. Yeah. Cause yeah, people make a living, you know, with the, and that's another thing we're learning about the podcast. It's amazing how many views you have to have on YouTube to make $5. You oh, know, it's, it's crazy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just almost a million uh, views just to make 10 bucks or something no no you can yeah. make more no no because okay. you can make decent you not decent money but you can make that kind of money eat okay. fairly easy um yeah. when i say fairly easy you don't need a million views um i i'm i'm getting r and i are splitting the money for ht tours okay. and it's it's like um a few bucks a month but yeah. it's it's not anything. We're not getting hundreds, and he's yeah. and, and we don't get ton. We don't get millions of views. Um, mm -hmm. But you need to have like on mine. You need to have for bright side. I need to get up to a thousand viewers, a thousand subscribers. Okay. Once you get to okay. there on YouTube, you can start to monetize, and then my numbers will be there. But it would the money I would probably make with the amount of views I get once I get to a thousand would probably be enough just to pay for the stuff that I use that to edit. Okay. 
right? And it's it's not you're not making a ton, but um, but to make a living at it, to do well at it, like actually make a living, yeah, you've got to do a lot of work. You've got to get a lot of views, and it's it's not as easy as people think. Like doing what you and I are doing right now, this is my extra time. I can do this. That's why I do it. But to actually monetize this where I didn't have to work, well, you are working because it's a 24-7 job and you have to be on top of things. You have to be topical. You have to be entertaining. It's not easy. And it could all go away like that. Like if if YouTube mm. just shut down, you'd be like, well, there goes your living. <laughs> like Now what? It's like yeah. it's it's a risky, risky business. And I think a lot of kids are getting enticed into that. And it, it's... It's a, you're in the tech world. I mean, imagine if you were on MySpace and trying to make a living back then, and then MySpace went away because of Facebook. Now, what happens if somebody reinvents something better than YouTube, but you've invested all your money into YouTube? It's 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 risky. It's risky, yeah. especially for a young kid. But young kids can rebound. So, you know, uh, it's yeah. not easy. But that's probably why you have all those young kids in your class. They all think it's like, this is what I'm going to do for a living. Yeah. Or they're just learning new skills, learning new tools. Because, yeah, some of them are doing podcasts right now. Um, and it's pretty impressive just to listen. To, they've gone on tours, um, had sponsors. Um, oh, nice. It's, 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 it's pretty, pretty inspiring just to hear these kids. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but sponsors is and, tough you yeah. get you get like sponsors our instructor, our, our instructor had burger king on the side of their uh it was a burger king sponsored tour on the side of their bus <laughs> nice. so i can't remember what podcast it is that they were doing but yeah it's it's pretty pretty interesting stuff sponsors and, uh, are tough because then they become your boss because yeah. then they they end up being like, well, if you if you want to, they'll they'll say like one thing at the beginning, but then if they're like, mm. oh, now, oh, I want you to do more of this, or I want you to do this, and it's like, mm, that's you know, yeah. that can get tough. And like where I am right now, I, I've had offers to do stuff, but I don't. It was not promotional, but promotional. Um, and these are offers from people that you guys wouldn't even know. It would it would just be like, oh, and you could do this and then sell our sell our stuff through there, and you'd get a commission on this. Plus, just to be on your website, you can do this, and we we would give you X amount of dollars to talk about us, you know, in each podcast. That's all you got to do. But then if you're selling stuff through, and I'm like, no, I don't know because I'm not because it changes it, it. Me personally, it would change how I thought of things. Right. And like, uh, it, it's tough. It's like, just like movies. It's like, oh, if you, you should be an Amazon affiliate. And I'm like, because then if, you know, I talk about a movie and then people went on and how many times have I, I talk about a movie and then people will go out and buy it. Well, that's great. I, I love that. And especially if it's an older film or something, but I do it because that's what I want to do. And, it, and I never want it, even in my own head, I never want it to be confused or thought of as like, oh, he's just thinking of this because, you know, he's going to make money on it. And it's like, I'm not making, I'm losing money at this venture right now. <laughs> like, and that's the way I want it, to be honest with you. It's like, I just don't, it's, I, I, this well, is all just for fun. Gig, so, yeah. yeah, this is all just for fun. 
And that, that's what, to me, that's what home theater is. And I'll leave the business side of it to people. So. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're doing the gig with John and Steve. I always enjoy the conversations between you three, because you're very three different individual, very different individuals. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, and Steve, you know, he, the guy buys, buys, I guess every film that ever comes out every week. It's, he reminds me of some of the audio podcasts I listen to, their uh, vinyl collectors, et cetera. You know, because some of these vinyl collectors, they just buy everything, just buy every album pretty much that comes right. out every week. You know, they, these people have thousands of LPs, and, uh, and uh, he's kind of like the video version of that. And there, I guess there are a lot, tons more podcasts of people that collect um, that media as well. Um, but he's, He's the only one I listen to him. that's on your podcast. So uh, yeah, it's always fun listening. You guys talk about what you've purchased and everything. Um, and uh, and John, because he has a very different take and taste on, on film as well that I always enjoy. Still the voice of reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the-, the quiet voice of reason. <laughs> the voice of reason. <laughs> Yeah, that's John. All right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, we Keeping do everything civil. We he keeps everything civil. <laughs> um, no, we do. We complement each other really well. Where like it, we all come at it from different angles. Come at home mm-hmm. theater differently. We come at the movies differently. We all have different tastes. We have things in common. You know, two of us will have things in common that the other one doesn't or vice versa. You know, it's, I think I couldn't have drawn up a better group. Like even standing away, like you couldn't even imagine it just, just happened that way. And I think it was so organic. And it's like, if you were going to set out to do a podcast like this and say, these are the three kinds of people, you wouldn't even think of the stuff that, that we ended up with you couldn't plan this and it just so happened to be i mean you just like go right down the quote bus bench and you have me on one end that loves to build everything themselves and on the other end you have steve who doesn't want to build anything he wants everything done for you know what i mean he doesn't he has no interest in that and then john just coincidentally literally coincidentally the way we drop on the screen when we sign in every week john's in the middle of the two of us and he's right between the two of us on that right because like Mm -hmm. he loves to get hands-on with stuff but not as far as i do but more than john uh, than steve does so you know and that's that's just the home theater aspect of it then you get into yeah. the movies and you got a, Steve's a huge horror guy. John and I, not so much. I mean, there's so many yeah, things. Yeah, the genres that, are, it's very different. And that's what I, I, I think Steve should open a video store and just rent his library or have, his family you know, used to own it. one. His oh, fam- wow. Yeah. You didn't know okay. that. He said that on no, the podcast. I didn't know that. His parents used oh. to own a video store. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That I'm always listening in my office and you know, it's background and I don't catch everything. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I'm the same way. I yeah, listen to yeah. AV rant a couple times, especially in the summer when I'm doing yard work. That's usually when I listen to them. And it's mm-hmm. like, if I got to do an extensive amount of yard work, I'll listen to like, I'll let it just ride right into the last week's podcast. Right. And I'll yeah. listen to it over again and I'll literally pick up things that I hadn't heard before, yeah. but I listened to it before because mm-hmm. y- you can't, you can't pay attention a hundred percent the entire time especially if you're doing stuff 
So. Is Steve going to build an annex for his library, or is he's eventually going to need an annex, or I don't know, extension I, to the house, or yeah. something? He's that's so. an ex, he has a pretty extensive library. It's and, and I mean he's got space where he files it like that. He wouldn't be able to have that library not in that space if he kept everything in its. Mm. It's, now he uh, lives in Bristol. Does he live in Bristol? Where does he I'm live? Not he sure. doesn't live in the city, right? Mm-mm. He doesn't not live in I London proper. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the exact town off the top of my head. Okay. Um, All right. I didn't think yeah. it was London. Yeah, I don't think it's Kent either. Kent, which is like a suburb of London. Um, mm. My friend's living there. You should as well. email him and ask him. You can email yeah. him at Steve at brightsidehometheater dot com. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, just I, I enjoy the the different genres because you're all watching and listen to very different things i'm I, i'm hoping john gets a mad vr because you would have he would have the mad vr and you would have the what's the brand again the different lumogen. brand lumogen yeah so it'd be nice that you both had very different units and then you can compare each other you know i, I that's well, they're what very I would, different I but they're like much they're exactly the same you know they're, they do different things and, and they're 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 different brands and everything, so I'm sure there were lots of differences. I have zero experience with Lumigen, but mm-hmm. it would still be, you know, different. Um, you guys having different, be fun to see, see bounce back and forth. I saw this, I saw this, you know. Um, yeah, that 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 would be fun. I'm hoping he gets um, Kaleidoscape one day. Totally so hand like I got. Yeah, because yeah, I got mine half price second hand. Yeah. So, and I, Steve, like, I don't understand why he doesn't have Clyde Escape because it's in the UK just as much as it is here. I don't. He also know, just... has another hurdle too, and that's how he he has no Ethernet in his theater because oh, it's his garage. I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. So him and I have talked about that as well. Um, and it, what's funny is that <laughs> you he don't. Can't... Well, we went as far as... He can't as, run a, a, a mesh network and wire it from the mesh. He can hardwire it from one of the mesh routers. No. I'm sorry, one of the meshes. Mesh and, wouldn't, and even mesh it. wouldn't be fast enough because just because you're hardwired into mesh, you know this, you're still, well, it's still as Wi-Fi. Got, yeah, well, it's still 6E, Wi-Fi. 6E is very fast. If he's got fiber as the base and he goes 6E... Yeah, on, but the way, the way a Kaleidoscape the the power that that thing runs it would mm-hmm. you couldn't you it needs to be hard lined and i know what you're saying you probably could it would just dampen it substantially yeah. you would lose a lot of the power you'd have to you, do it overnight it would probably download overnight a movie right but then that oh that would be a long time and yeah. then you'll you lose I mean, and at that point why for why yeah. you know he has a good system yeah. as it is um, i didn't know it wasn't hardwired it wow. would instead of doing it that way the other instead of doing the like you're saying is i'm i said um and you could do this and you you'd you'd set your kaleidoscape system up in the in the theater but then you would have the hard drive you would just pull it out of the theater and connect it in the house to okay, the yeah to the um internet uh, an mm-hmm. ethernet right let it download its movies and then you'd bring it back into the theater and connect yeah, it even yeah, though, perfect right but then now that's a you know you got to walk it around and why does he want to do that but that's that's basically how yeah. these things work on a yacht 
right? Or up in the woods where there's no internet. You would take it home with you. You'd put all your movies on it and you'd bring it to your cabin in the woods, plug it in and turn it on and it works perfect because you don't need internet to make it work. Um, we lost internet here the other day in the windstorm. We had power, never lost power, but we lost internet. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'll go downstairs and watch a movie. Okay. It's like, but there he has he has too many hurdles and it's i mean it's not a cheap system so when you have hurdles like one how does he get it where does he get it it's not as accessible in in europe as it is here you can get them like you said but i would think they would have an even more interesting library over there because maybe things are licensed over there that aren't licensed here it'd be interesting to see because i my friends and that i have in the uk they don't have kaleidoscape um so uh it would be interesting to see what's avail- available on the library like if he told you oh this came i see kaleidoscape here in england oh we don't have that in, in the u.s hopefully we'll get that one day soon that would be neat to have mm. a, a different uh eyes view on, on the library and in in the uk on kaleidoscape because that's that's really the only problem i have um with that with that system is just the availability of, of some things, but you know, I'm, I'm the arty farty that watches a lot of, uh, you know, art based films, small right. films, and a lot of that stuff is difficult. Um, they just don't have access yeah, to those studios. Right. Yet. And there's no, think about it. And there's no one-stop shop for any kind of media. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like all the streaming services, they have different rights to different things. The discs mm-hmm. have, di- you know, we have different discs availability on 4K in different countries. Mm-hmm. There's no one stop. You have to be all over the place if you want to have access to the best of everything. Um, yeah. I mean, where, how many times both of us uh, or all of us on the podcast talking about like Steve's importing stuff from us, we're importing stuff from them. And, you know, like if you want Twister and Atmos, you got to import it from Germany. Right. And it's like, so we're doing, there's no one stop shop for anything. And, but that's. Twister isn't on Atmos and Kaleidoscape? No. 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 Oh, that's interesting. No. No. But it's a, but it was done by that German company and, and it came out really nice. But it's like, but they, you know what I mean? That'd be like, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's literally practically a fourth party when people like Shout Factory, when they do something or they're outside the studio and they actually Shout has an agreement with Kaleidoscape. Some of their, some of Shout stuff gets on to Kaleidoscape. Mm. Um, But it's like when these other studios produce the um, content, like, then or reproduce it i should say in 4k with atmos it's like i listen to serial at midnight i don't know if I, ever since i i talked to heath a while ago i listened to his podcast it's a great podcast to listen to for all of that content because what he he talks to people that actually make the stuff and like why isn't this in 4k and why isn't this and they're like it costs a lot of money to reproduce these things so they've got to get their money back they've got a one guy was saying you've got to sell five thousand copies of it but if it's a certain movie that is, you don't think is going to generate in five thousand you think around the world you can't sell five thousand copies well on some of these titles it is hard you'd be lucky if you and that's just to get your money back i want to be pri- they, these people they want to be profitable at it 
right? So it's like you you listen to this stuff and you see the logistics of what it go what goes into the content that we we think comes so easily, but it doesn't. And it's like there there's a lot. And then when they do produce it, oh well, this is a bad cut, and this is blah blah blah, and this audio mm-hmm. isn't very good, and it's it's all open to that criticism. So you, you, mm-hmm. it's there's just so much to it. That's that's why I stay in my lane. Just enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about what I like. <laughs> yep. Good times. Good times. <laughs> Good times. All right. Cool. All right, Carl. Now, last we'll we'll end on this. You're definitely let's a hundred percent going with a Stuart screen. So far. <laughs> so what i, I want to know what made you decide Valen? what made you decide on stewart over all the other choices okay so one wall to wall so we were limited um oh really the C-more others couldn't AV do that excellent seymour av excellent do not have a proper wall um frameless option they have to jerry rig Hmm. He said he does not have an option. He would have to he would have to manually wrap the screen around a frame. They're a three inch frame, and it would not be as clean as the Stewart option. It would have sharp edges or something. Okay. And Elizabeth was like, you know, just we it the look is very important. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it has to look very clean. Um and uh you know the the whole jerry rigging mm-hmm. uh conversation was not appealing mm-hmm. and at the end of the day because our seating is so low it would actually be beneficial to have the speakers below the screen mm-hmm. and so we don't need an at screen so if we're not doing at then we're going back to Stuart. Mm-hmm. so right so that, I mean, if non-AT, it's going to be Stuart all day. Mm. So if we were doing AT still, the, you know, uh, maybe E would go for the jerry-rigging. But, yeah, she was not into the jerry-rigging sound. Yeah. Um, just sort of, you know, having something that was not really polished. Because that's a beautiful screen that, that what is it? Which one? The Stewart? Uh, the Stewart, what is it? The, it begins with the B. I forgot the name of it. Oh. But no. uh, uh, but the frameless screen that they do. And and if you want to add the black frame, it just snaps into place. You know, you just purchase the mm-hmm. black frame to it and just slide it into place. And it, it there there's also LED light option. And we're like, good Lord, no. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Don't want any cheesy... Like the lights, it's going to be really interesting to see what E goes for as far as light design mm. because um, it's going to be very minimal, very subtle. Uh, I would think you're like, going with all black room. <laughs> yeah, nothing like you see on YouTube with all of these stripes and lights everywhere. Just it, it's just not, nope. It's lot, lots of nopes. And that whole Keith Yates design, wow, that cattle, it was like one nope theater after another like that's all you're talking about aesthetics but their keith yates designs are fantastic for audio and like audio video i'm sure it's beautiful the performance is amazing everything after that that's all that that's 
like yeah. that's aesthetics that's paint color that's yeah. you know designing the room mm-hmm. itself but the uh yeah. the actual performance of it oh they're the, like the ferraris of home theaters they're fantastic yeah. but there's a lot of talent in this in this country mm. um to do that and you know it's he's just that's very popular but there is a lot of um uh, talent um you know very young people using experimental um uh, materials and and processes and and um, I would never want to discount any other uh, organizations and and the talent and um, and we're really excited. You know, our architect is all female owned architect firm. Oh wow! And and yeah, they're just completely magical and uh, and it's a wonderful team. That's cool. They have they have it's amazing what they what they put up with all these regulations because a lot of these regulations they just started enforcing so that's why we had to go back to the drawing board with a lot right. of things you know right in the middle of our project they wouldn't ret- they wouldn't grandfather us in because we didn't because he hadn't started already yeah. exactly so uh, we had to go back to the drawing board because they started in- and they could you know start enforcing something else that's on the books and we yep. have to do it everything all over again it's a possibility so yeah. yeah and that's yeah. that's why i was saying like of the newer stuff that we have now all those regulations all those codes they're meant for for us they're meant for protection mm-hmm. i mean they make money off it because they're gonna mm-hmm. you gotta pull permits and crap like that but yeah most of them are all like you know like this is it's for our benefit like oh we learned from this we need a regulation on that we <laughs> like, used to have yeah. none and stuff fell apart and now things last <laughs> longer and you know so it's all part of it. Yeah. But as far as the screen goes, Carl, you sound like you have very sound reasons, very sound. I mean, you sound very confident about it. Um, I don't, I, you know, I hope you can relax and not get FOMO. I mean, you have a great choice. You have your reasons for that choice. Yeah. Um, it's not FOMO. It's just, I want it to be, you know, just as, as perfect as possible no such um, thing because it's for one it, yeah it's it's, it's <laughs> but to you it sounds like ground. it is it sounds it, like it is it's building from the ground up and it's going to be a completely black space and yeah. that's it so simple and i'm so excited and, and these guys that's just amazing the dealer and everything what they've had to deal with with our plans and everything so many changes i feel for them as well as like god bless Me them too. you know just like good <laughs> lord you know, and this is not, I want to stress, this is not a hobby for us. It, it, home theater is not a hobby for us. Home okay. theater is a part of our life. It's like yeah. a kitchen. We, it's, it's like your kitchen. It's like your living room. It's an extension. It's just another extension of our lifestyle. It, it's, it's our viewing space. We right. don't have TVs anywhere else. We've, I haven't owned a television set since 1988. Um, I, Elizabeth did not own a TV when I met her. She, I don't think she's ever owned a TV through college, but it's, and it's, it, that's where we watch everything. We don't, you know, we have no interest in, in ever watching something on a smaller screen because it's not worthy of, you know, watching, watching in the, in the, in the theater. We treat every, every piece of content equally. We want the best experience at all times, no matter what the content and I'm gonna have a li- li- the Sony SVS VHS player in there, and and I will watch videotapes as well. 
you know, my dad's oh. old VHS. You know, that those Sony will be SPS. like, oh, yeah, four eighty resolution on that screen. Yeah, each pixel it's, the size it, of your head. <laughs> it's a re- home theater is a regular. It's always been a regular part. Of, I gr- I've grown yeah. up with this stuff. I've I've never not had it in my life. I, I my like that had, lifestyle. My, my dad had mains, clipshorn mains in the seventies. You know, when we were watching HBO, and yeah. everything on our on our console TV and everything, and like you know that my dad bought clipshorn in college. I grew up as a little kid. Got pictures of me sitting in front of these clipshorns, you know, as a baby, you know, pulling out vinyl and everything, and <laughs> you know, and. You know, so it's always been, it's just a lifestyle. It's always been a part of our life. You know, it's like hmm. not, it's like calling it your television in the, in the living room, a hobby. You know, it's just like, it's just there. It's just a part of your life and it's a part of our life. And, and I don't think I have any hobbies cause I don't collect anything. Yeah. I just, yeah. I'm just, I was actually trying to think of a hobby I have because everything you know, I love, I do here in this office and, you know, I, I'm sure I play guitar and everything, but it know. depends and on we how were you talking about hobbies it, but... in the, and, and we, we were talking about hobbies in ho- podcasting class today. And he was, he, they were defining a podcasting as a hobby. If you're doing it once a month, like if you're just doing it once a month and you just, that's all your, it, it's labeled a hobby. So yeah, what like is that, it if you do point. it more than that? You know, it's, it's like, just, I mean, anything, I don't know. It, de- it, it depends on how I you just found the, that interesting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it depends on how you define it. it, it like it, really, it's just like you, you could change the definition, but like, I like your idea of a lifestyle. Cause I, when I was, when I had, um, Nick and Gary on from SVS, I would, they don't like, they don't like the term hobby either because yeah, they think like, it, I don't, but at the same time, like I said to them, I'm like, but it is just because they, they like to call it something, not a hobby because the hobby sounds like it's not serious. Yeah. But and that's you not go true. to the movies. Everyone's going to the movies. Everyone goes to concerts. Everyone listens to music just because you listen to music. Doesn't make it a hobby. No, you know, you go to concerts like anyone else. That's not a hobby. We go to the movies once a week, some less, some more. But just because you call it a hobby doesn't mean you don't take it seriously either. And that's yeah. what I said to them. I'm like, because if you said, like, I have this hobby and they go, oh, isn't that cute? But then you come and see somebody come and see our systems. You'd be like, oh, you're serious about this. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's still yeah. not a hobby. It just means you're yeah. really serious about it. I like yeah. your idea of like a lifestyle, but that sounds mm-hmm. weird to you. So like, oh, I'm in the home theater lifestyle. Like, wait, what? Uh-huh. What does that mean? <laughs> it just, it's just, it's but just I like a part of our life. Yeah. Right. It's just a natural extension of our lives. It's just, it's always been, right. you know, it's just like going to the movies. It's just something we've always done. Yeah. And I've just never considered going to the movies weekly, a hobby, you know, right. I, maybe stamp collecting or something as a hobby or, you know, fiddling, <laughs> fiddling with a, uh, um, engine in your yeah, but, 69 Mustang as a hobby, you know, you do once a week or something. Yeah, but, but see, but, like you I, can't say that because you, what you're doing is, is you're saying like stamp collecting that can get more expensive than home theater cars. That hobby can get more expensive than home theater. Yeah. So why is that called a hobby? In a lifestyle, like you just fiddle every once in a while, or you just collect a stamp every once in a while. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't even know what they can. 
considered a hobby co- is like I don't know. Right, but if you collected stamps every week, would you call it a stamp lifestyle? Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> you see what I mean? It's still a life. hobby. Just yeah. there's different levels of, you know, just like, you know, am I a podcast professional? Because I have actually generated some cash from it. Now, does that call mm-hmm. me a professional? I guess. I, but there's different levels I, of it. I'm not Joe Rogan, but there's yeah. different levels of podcasting. It's like, so according to your podcast class, what am I right now? I do mm-hmm. this. I put out at least two a week. Never mind once a month. So what am I? What would they say mm-hmm. what that was? You know, it's, it's still yeah. it, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. unless you're Joe Rogan. It's still mm-hmm. a hobby, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my buddy in cars, he's, you know, he started out as a hobby. He had a garage. He made it, turned it into a side business for himself. Next thing you know, he is literally managing, you know, a, a car collection. I won't tell you which Can one. Can I go to the bathroom real quick? <laughs> yeah, sure. I went back. It's very difficult what is defined as a hobby. I just... I've just never been comfortable with that term. Um, yeah, you sound like Nick and Gary. <laughs> yeah. That's how um, they feel. I yeah, just don't just know what weird. else to call it. I really don't. I mean, lifestyle uh-huh. to me sounds weird. Um, yeah. I guess uh, I do like it, though, because it is it's, it is a lifestyle. It really is. Yeah. And I, I love reading and just listening to music. You know, that's what I what we did. For a whole week when I had COVID, we couldn't watch anything because um, we couldn't watch anything together because I, I was masked up and Elizabeth was masked up on the other side of the house. And so I just sat and listened to music and read, you yeah. know, and I love reading and listening to music. And I would never call reading and listening to music a hobby or reading books a hobby. You, you know? wouldn't, um, but I bet you there are people that collect them that read yeah. and collect and they collecting. go to they actually maybe have book clubs you go to yeah. And, yeah sure yeah i guess maybe you know? i just i've never heard of any sort of reading is called a hobby i've heard of collecting like i love to collect books but that would um, be a hobby yeah I don't, <laughs> is it is it i guess so. i mean there's probably more book it. clubs out there than there are home theater clubs because yeah. I mean, look at look at this. This is our home mm-hmm. theater club right here, and it took us like a podcast to join a bunch of people from around the world. Because yeah. there's nobody in your area to actually sit down and go, hmm, mm-hmm. that would be pretty and, cool if they yeah. had that in your area. And like once a month or something, you just jumped around to the different mm-hmm. theaters. Say you got five yeah. guys within a, an hour of each other. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty cool. And then yeah. you you ha- you just once a month you hang out, and that's your home theater club. That would be awesome. Yeah, I would like to see, um, is it John that's in Dallas? Or actually, he's outside Dallas. John's in Houston. Not not John. The My um, John? The guy, not Mark. your John. The other, is it is it Mark that's in Dallas with the theater? I th- he's he, in he Texas. I don't disasters. know. Mark. I think Mark V is in Texas. I'm not sure okay. where. Um, but there was, I think there's a guy up in... Um, Johnny uh, Johnny Dallas. Speakers and and uh, Mike Schramm are close to each other, but they're up north. They're up by St. Louis area. Um, okay. And then but there's... Yeah, I would like to see his theater. Um, Flower Mound, Texas. There's a there's a member in the green room from Flower Mound, Texas. And I, I oh, okay. His, 
can't remember his name. Why am I should start a thread in the theater on get together. Yeah, it was the one you. It was the video you made. It was that video you oh, made. Oh, John Brock. John. Yeah, Brock. John Brock. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would yeah. like to visit his. Yeah, he's in Texas day. too. Yeah, okay. he, you're right. He's yeah. in Texas. I think he's right outside Dallas. Okay. Um, yeah, and we were. He'd love you know, to have we, people. I know that. I mean, yeah. I'd love to get there, and that's yeah. one of the things. I mean, I, I mean, I. Yeah. I, I'm hoping when this house is done and everything, I will have the peace of mind to actually mm-hmm. be able to travel. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. I just don't have it. I, it's nothing mm-hmm. to do with COVID or anything like that. I, I don't like travel because it, mm-hmm. what I do for work, it just, it isn't feasible because yeah. I can't. I'm, and again, it's all in my head. I know that, but it's just mm-hmm. to take me. I just rather put my head down and keep working. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it's back back on the lighting. It yeah, it's very difficult that we've been. We went to some lightings, these posh lighting stores here in Austin, and uh, we've been to the other lighting other places. But we just walk in and walk out. It's just like nothing we're interested in. Like, and at the end of the day, I think we're just doing recessive light, mm-hmm. recessed lights, and let the architects figure out the lighting. Um, and I think Elizabeth has an idea of what she wants the lighting in the, in the theater to be, but it'll be really interesting to see because, um, that's her baby and there's no spout. I like this whole spousal approval. I don't understand that term either. It's just like, we've always agreed on everything. Like she's just excited about always a theater space. Right. As, As I am, I've never, you know, had that's rare that sort of you know just like you know just never been in a relationship and that maybe that's what works because we both have so much love for the same thing music and film and i mean we met at a at a at cinema texas we met at a at a at a film festival here in yeah. texas so you know just like we both have pretty much very similar passions about things and and i she actually advertises having people over to our theater much more than I do. And she's always, you know, telling new friends and things, our options at our house. And so she's, and I always just keep things quiet. I don't like to advertise or anything like that. For the most part, I kind of default. I've always, I don't know. I always like to have conversations about other things when we have guests over. That's the, I, I just, that's actually always been the, not the number one thing I want to do. I was want to keep the conversation in the kitchen or in the backyard or whatever, and and just have chats all night. And, uh, and but maybe I'll change a little bit when we get the new space. But um, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that. You're lucky because the that's conversation rare. stops when you when you're sitting when you're watching a film with your friends and guests. Yeah. The conversation stops, and I don't want conversations to stop. I want to keep right. going and just talk. It's got, I've got so much to talk about, and everyone else does as well. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's kind of always in my head. Right. So, Yeah, home theater isn't conducive to a group gathering, right? It's like, I mean, I've had friends over, and it's like, it's that awkward time. Like you said, it's like, we'll have, like, the neighbors over. We did... um I can't remember the show we did, but we all watched this show. There was a 10 episode series and then it was a great conversation piece in the neighborhood. And there were, you know, 
four couples, six of eight of us all watching the show. And we're like, all right, we're going to on the final episode, let's watch it in DJ's theater. Okay. So we set it all up and we came over and we, you know, we have some drinks ahead of time outside the theater and we're talking and chatting, but then you're right. It's that awkward time. Like, okay, let's all go downstairs, but you're having great conversations, Mm -hmm. but now we have to go downstairs and everybody has to stop and be quiet. And then you watch the show and then you, you know, in my theater, cause it's not really set up for that many people. We have to get up and we'd go back outside and hang out and talk about what we just saw. But that time in the theater itself isn't conducive to the, to the conversation. It's not like yep. a sporting event. Like if you're watching a football game in there, then you can yell and scream and everybody has fun because mm-hmm. it's, but an actual theater environment, you're right. It's like, even if you go to the cinema, you could be there with 200 people, but it's just you and the screen. Right. So that, that's what you want. So like inviting people over and like getting back to that million dollar Star Wars theater, it's like, yeah, you can have all those people over, but you're going to shut the lights out and pretend they're not there. So how festive is that for those people? Right. And and those second and third row seats and that emperor seat are the worst seats in the theater. (laughs) Like, I don't want to be all the way back there. It's like horrible because at the end of the day, that screen isn't that big. Right. Once you go past the the first row, and I think the first row is that way too far huge. from that screen. That screen yeah. is huge. That's a, yeah, it's it's two hundred inches or it's over at that, the end I of the thought. day. It was yeah, over something that, like that. I thought. But it's that's a very big room, and it doesn't yeah. look that big in that big room. Exactly. And but to stand when you're in sitting front on of that it, front row, when yeah. you're sitting on that front row, that I think that front row is way too far back. So I'm I'm sitting on the floor. <laughs> if i'm watching well that's like, what you're you doing in it, yours yeah. yeah yeah it's like we're gonna be really up close and uh yeah it's just oh man i just get I, my blood boils just thinking about that theater <laughs> doesn't take much with you carl <laughs> uh, all right but um but um yeah just uh this and the and uh the spousal and uh, also the demo, I don't really get the concept of demo material. Like, what am I demoing, and who for? Am I is that for sales or something? You you know, we when we I hear podcasts or YouTube talk about, hey, this is some great demo material, and you know, this yeah, like a scene or this, something, yeah, like, yeah. The what what do we, is is that for sales or something? Or I don't understand. I don't get. I don't get. The de- like, am I bringing in someone to demo something, and why am I doing yeah. that? Uh, I, I've, I've, I don't, I've never done something like that. So, if you want to show like, off your subwoofers, or you want to show something um, off in your theater, you show off a scene that's demo material, like a scene that okay. has great subwoofers in it, great subwoofer usage, right? That's demo material. Okay. Or you want to lot, you want to show off like the great picture. You go to, you know, this. Oh, check out this scene here. It's really, you know. Mm-hmm. something that shows yeah. off the screen capabilities that's demo moment you've been through it a million times just shopping for I, your theater I just never i've no i just i will watch a film together and and no I don't no no, no. i'm saying when you were shopping when you did your folk <laughs> when you were shopping for your focal speakers yeah that's that's a dealer i can understand that yeah that's a dealer but why would i want to do that at home i just want to i'll have them watch a movie i'm not going to show them a scene yeah, but, or something 
So I, you I just, just said you like to talk to people, but you're going to bring them over and make them watch a whole movie when actually you could just have them come in see a couple of demo scenes, get the gist of the theater, and then you walk back out and have a nice conversation with them. I guess I'm too modest. I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't want to. You're too modest. You're too modest. I've seen your emails. You're not modest. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I just. I'm I'm not going to show off. Mr. Modest. I'm having velvet walls with no seams in them. Yeah, we're going to watch a very, (laughs) very uh, calming French film this evening. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm too modest. I don't think so. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. It's like. Yeah. It's, oh my God. I guess it's okay. I don't, I've never really thought about that. I, th- I think I would just irritate the people in the room, in my Probably. home. If, <laughs> if, if I did something like that, like, I don't think. Isn't that your goal? Was, That's what you keep uh, telling me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, I, yeah, I'm, I would absolutely be my hundred percent goal to have you like, screaming your way. At it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, first it'd be when you when the doorbell rings it's release the hounds i have yeah. that little red button <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh that's funny all right. right you ready to wrap this thing up yep that's almost, it i guess almost three uh, hours buddy another uh, hopefully i made this one the worst officially the worst episode ever and no and uh, lots will be you gotta hear dropping, some of my earlier stuff the patreon support and no and, uh, leaving leaving the unfollowing at maximum level no no <laughs> oh, this is fun a lot of fun we hit on everything today you got me talking personal stuff you got yeah uh, we yeah, talked military stuff was good yeah, yeah thank you it's fascinating it's always always interesting to hear um little stories like that yeah and we're more than just home theater even though it's our lifestyle yeah yeah <laughs> all right we'll get out of here uh thank you thank you carl really appreciate it thank you for being uh a great sport too uh you're yeah. you're fun in the green room uh you poke and prod um <laughs> you were uh the focus of my uh tirade yeah, but you were great about fun. it. You were great about yeah. it. I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, anytime you want to come on, buddy. Anytime. Yeah, this good has been times. a lot of fun. Uh, All right, we'll see you back in the war zone. There we go. Green room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, John, Steve, and I will be back on Friday talking more about the Star Wars theater and so much more. So talk to everybody then. Till then, go push play. Cheers, folks. Hey, Fred. This has been a Hey, Fred production with theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault Productions.